I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Smashbox TV's podcast 489. Schwabby has us. I saw he had got a win. <laughs> I think he's at like 392 or yeah. All right, or two, all right. Two ninety-two. No, probably more like three ninety-two. Three ninety-two. I think it is. Or yeah, more. You... Nonetheless, yeah. congrats to Schwebby. There's a lot of congrats that are going to get thrown around today. A pretty exciting podcast that we're excited to bring you guys here tonight. Things a little bit crazy going on in what is it? The second, well, just about the third week of January. We've been constantly talking about how kind of there's this slog during the off season when things really just come to a complete crawl because there's not a lot of news there's not a lot of movement and excitement a few sponsorship departures a few arrivals some of that but this last week uh two of arguably the biggest names in our sport announced their new sponsors yes so uh that just took place over the last couple of days we're excited to talk to both of them and just like last week we're gonna have an exclusive brand new sponsorship announcement coming by the the guy that's sandwiched between these other two we were just talking about one batman dutch napier if you're dutch and you want to announce a new sponsor, no better time than to go between Eagle and Gannon. Like, everybody's watching. You might as well announce. I mean, the one guy in the world that has a Smashbox tattoo. We give him the love. He gets that special treatment. So we're going to have him, and then we're going to have Gannon. And all that means we're kicking off with none other than one Eagle McMahon here tonight. Eagle, team MVP, Happy New Year. Wow. How does... The release, the release of pressure, excitement, anticipation. How does that all feel? I can go outside again. <laughs> <laughs> okay, fair enough. Uh, were, were you being like bothered or by people like when you would go outside, or do you did you just like like all right, I'm changing out all my clothes for MVP. I guess I can't wear anything. <laughs> like, what's the how? How come you can't go outside? No, I, I mean, it, it is funny because I, I go to this gym in Boulder and I thought there was like almost no disc golfers there. And I was like filling up my water bottle 
and I hear someone say, when's the announcement? And I think they're talking to someone else. And then I like do a double take. I look over, they're looking right at me. And I'm like, the announcement, what are you talking about? This is before like anything was put out. And I'm like, uh, uh, what's your name? (laughs) Who hired you? Who sent you? Uh, You really got to get foundation spy. (laughs) Yeah. yeah, yeah. I was going to say, you really have to get their screen name because as you know, we've talked about before, there were rumors out there that you were going to MVP. It, It was I don't know if leaked was the right is the right word because most of it is probably speculation. Someone heard something from somebody. How do you feel that some of that stuff gets out? Is it does it come from the factory? Does it come from yourself where like maybe you tell somebody in confidence and they just can't keep their mouth shut? Like, hey, dad, I said, <laughs> cut it, Pat. <laughs> you know, what's <laughs> so how do you feel that that stuff gets out? So I actually think we did a really good job at keeping things secret. I mm-hmm. think the speculation is just what overtook everything. And there became so much speculation that it almost became real. That's what it felt like. Because I think if I wasn't staying at Dismania, MVP was the place that everybody wanted me to be. So I think that comes from a lot of people just hoping. Um not that many people really knew like Simon knew obviously the people on um, MVP side disc mania obviously knew that I left, but I didn't even tell anybody there where I was going. So I think it was just a lot of people putting two and two together, which created the general outline. But generally speaking, I'm happy that it never like truly leaked. Yeah. Because I, I did see, I mean, I would say up until about a week ago, there was a lot of speculation, like Eagles going to MVP, like this is where he's heading. And then over the last week, I saw quite a bit of, well, maybe it's Innova. Like, I could see mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. And and some people are like, well, you know, I think Discraft hasn't made their team announcement yet. And there was, you know, there was a lot of extra the last week, a lot of second guessing as far as right. what, what was going on. So I think you, I will say, I think you did, you guys did a pretty good job. Was, I saw this, I didn't, was this real? There was actually Vegas bets on where I was going to go. That I did not hear. Uh, um, could could it be true? Possibly. I think that would be pretty crazy because clearly there's I there's an too. insider somewhere that definitely knew that you right. know probably kept their mouth shut. Obviously, as you just said, some people knew. That would be pretty crazy to have that uh, unfold. But uh, I my guess. grandpa told me that. Like my grandpa has been like watching all the podcasts about where I'm going and he knew knows where I was going. So I was actually scared that my grandpa was going to (laughs) leave. Grandpa lays down a a, a fat C note in Vegas on Eagle going to MVP. Yeah, no kidding. Now, uh, kind of keeping in that text, I have so many questions, but right in, in that same line of thinking, Ricky Wysocki has specifically said, Hey, I, I, you're not going to hear anything from my camp. Even if I know you're not going to hear player announcement and player stuff from my camp, I want that star, whomever it is, to shine and have that moment. Is it, is that, do you commend that? Do you respect that? Do you care, um, you know, as a fellow competitor to him? Is, is that kind of a, a notion you take as well? Or how, how do you react to Ricky's perspective? Yeah, I definitely saw what Ricky said, and I definitely appreciate his input. And uh, I I see the whole picture because 
I of course I didn't want anybody leaking it because there's a lot of a lot resting on on the whole deal for all parties involved. So I think having it out in the public when it's not supposed to be isn't a good thing. But I also see how many disc golf podcasts they make they get their content from things along those lines. So I'm like in the middle ground, like just because I don't necessarily like it doesn't mean I don't think it should exist. So I understand both sides, but being a player, I know that I would, I would always want to keep a secret if someone asked me to. And if somebody is going to a big manufacturer, I know the implications of that um, making a big move. So I know that I'd always keep my mouth shut and I, I do respect Ricky for making that post, even though that I think it's, it's unlikely that people aren't go- this this conversation is going to be happen next year the year after it just is what it is now with all of that i'll confide in that at ledgestone uh i i had the pleasure of uh going out on my birthday with simon we ended up going to the casino uh turned into a late night and a good time we were sitting there, I believe, at about 3 a.m. finally as the night was wrapping up. Your name came up. And not that I, I everyone should know. I am I have friends and, and real friend conversations. And then I have you know my head as a disc golf guy and as a media personality. And I'd like to think I keep them very separate uh, and have no problem doing that. So I was at no point like poking around. Um, but Simon admitted at that point when your name did come up, he said, I could see him leaving. Um, but MVP was not necessarily a front runner or he didn't necessarily think MVP was a place that you would be heading. So I guess my question is, A, was he telling me the truth? And B, <laughs> what were other conversations with manufacturers uh, before you, you landed on MVP? Right. So I he, he was not lying. Okay. Uh, around <laughs> August. So... Uh, this is my contract year, or 2023 was. I signed a three-year deal with Dismania. I knew going into this year that something was going to happen, whether I re-sign with Dismania or I go somewhere new. And I, if I were to bet on it, I would have probably said that I was going to stay with Dismania. Um, but as time went on, I said this on the Nick and Matt show, or staggered stance, but essentially... There's a darker side, I wouldn't say call it dark, but a side to disc golf where it can be very repetitive out on the road and going to Emporia, Kansas, you know, two times a year for the last decade can take a toll on you. And the fact is switching it up sometimes is exactly what you might need. Trying something new. And as the year went on, the more and more I felt like I wanted a change, especially being good friends with Simon, seeing his switch and seeing like him throwing this new plastic. And it's if it almost feels like he had a complete renewal of his love for for disc golf and like the the part of disc golf that I remember going to the disc golf store, trying out new discs. I felt like I lost that for a period of time. And that's not to say that it wasn't exciting when Dismania came out with a new disc. That was amazing. But to have, I don't even know, there's there's 80 plus discs in the whole MVP lineup. And those are all pretty much new to me to explore, try, feel. I just felt like 
a kid again. And that was, this was a big part of why I was looking elsewhere and I wanted to get that spark back. And a lot of people have talked about it too. Like when Paul switched from Innova to Discraft, Mm -hmm. it's like you, you, instead of having to go out and practice, you want to go out and practice. And that's exactly how I feel right now. So were there any other talks with other manufacturers? I mean, did, 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 did you go knock on Innova's or did they knock on your door? Discraft, uh, whoever in House of Discs. I mean, I, I don't know how exactly that's working these days, but uh, did, were you in communication at all with other companies or was MVP kind of just the perfect fit, so to speak? Right. I, out of respect for other companies, I, I won't name names, but there was a, there was a handful of companies that uh, uh, my agency reached out to, I told them that, okay, I would like to see what they have to offer. And essentially my agent put together a little portfolio pitching Eagle McMahon to those companies and saying what we want, how can we collaborate? What, uh, what can they offer things along those lines? And uh, I had talks with uh, a few different companies, um, obviously including disc mania. Um, so at the end, uh, MVP showed the most promise. And I want to f- say this too, like the offers were competitive with, with everybody. And obviously I have, Disc Mania is the only disc manufacturer I ever had. And I, have, I owe everything to them. I'm extremely grateful. I just did a signing session up there and I hugged everybody at the warehouse. I absolutely love those guys and I want to see them thrive and excel in every way possible. But for the next five years, I felt like MVP has the most promise of any other company in disc golf. And I wanted to be a part of it. I wanted to reunite with Simon. I wanted to throw all their discs, I wanted to try gyro out. So <laughs> I feel like, I feel like it was the place for me to be when, when you looked at the bigger picture and everybody at the MVP that I've met, Brad and Chad, the, the two owners, it's incredible what they've built. I mean, the, the warehouse, their technology, and just their passion. They, when, when I went up there to Michigan last week, they literally didn't, they have bedrooms in the warehouse and they like don't leave the warehouse because they love their work so much. <laughs> and that, that's just like, it's absolutely incredible talking with Chad, who's their, their disc designer, um, talking about what we can create in the future, giving me like, science lessons on how discs fly. I'm like, this is, this is where I need to be. And the fact that uh, they shared that stuff with me, I already just feel very special. So the five-year contract with MVP, we know that, I mean, even today there was a, a, a we'll say a, a, a little, with the release video, Simon and the pixel, he's got the, he's got, yeah, thanks a lot for that. Uh, <clears throat> Simon's got two discs in the Simon line. Are we going to see some sort of Eagle line? And is there a clever name for it yet? <laughs> so for right now, there's not going to be an Eagle line. That could potentially change in the future. And with other companies, they were offering an Eagle line. But I actually declined it because I feel like everyone, or at least a lot of big players, are getting their own line right now. And I, d- I don't think saturating the market's a good idea at this time. Plus, the one aspect of the MVP contract, it's 
allowed me to be the most free out of the other offers I had. Mm. And I still have a lot that I want to accomplish in my career. And I feel like with the structure of this contract, I'm able to really focus on my game. That's not to say I, I still want to do a lot of cool promotional stuff, a lot of content on my YouTube channel, but I feel like I'm a true disc golf athlete now. And it's a, a really cool opportunity that I can essentially just go out and compete. So at least for the first year, two years, we're just doing signature series discs. If I start excelling with their product, world championship, elite series, then maybe talk about a, an Eagle line. But I also want James to fill out his line, Simon to fill out his line a little bit more before stepping on their toes. I want to support them first and foremost. Please share with us everything you can about what your contract consists of. Because there's, I'm sure, a million rumors. Or restrictions. Yeah, or restrictions. But I'm sure there's a million rumors. And then, to be fair, there's clearly some... Uh, some bars that have been set, some standards or perceived standards, and and then even new uh, new ceilings that have been hit. Going back to Paul, Ricky, obviously Simon, who is descript but kind of not. Give us everything you can share about the details of your contract, and and if that's on you or if that's on MVP in terms of what you're looking to share. Yeah, I'd say right now we're trying to keep things pretty confidential um, in terms of the earnings and everything. Uh, I will say that I am very well taken care of and it was a, uh, it was a very good offer and that uh, I don't want to get too deep into it because with legal reasons, all parties involved, but uh, yeah, I'm, I'm happy with the contract. It's five years. I can, we can expect a signature series discs each year and, I think the one thing that I can say is that there's a portion of the contract that's not based off royalties, which a lot of companies are purely royalty. So that's that's something that was unique to the MVP contract that I really appreciate. Yeah, and with that, I was going to say, can you can you tell us where the scales tip in terms of guaranteed versus like you said royalties versus maybe even performance or or bonus based because i feel like every player has a slightly different perspective of a guaranteed amount versus hey i mean i've and to be honest it it feels like a lot of the bigger names these days the performance bonuses maybe aren't even that big of a deal i I feel like yeah every player is a little different so that's why i guess like how how, what were you concerned about in terms of uh, a contract whether it's mvp or anyone what was some of the things you were looking for that a contract might consist of right uh definitely a level of stability because every company does it a little bit different um you know, I don't want to get too much into the details because a lot of the financial stuff can be a little bit of a taboo subject. And legally speaking, I don't want to get myself into any sort of hot water. But uh, with, with the MVP deal, just the, the financial stability, getting uh, a paycheck every month, being able to plan for the future, have retirement, things along those lines to know that if disc golf isn't the thing, and or at least this for, for me in five, 10 years, then I'm going to have something to fall back on. And uh, that that was one thing that I really wanted to make sure that I was doing, setting myself up for the future. Um, 
that was that was first and foremost um, in terms of at least the, the the financial aspect of it and not having worries about it. Like if I I like to travel in a bunch of different ways. I like to take my van out to some events, but I also like to fly back and forth because I value my time back here in Colorado because I have my all my my doctors, practitioners, friends back here that I, I feel recharged when I come back home. So to be able to travel essentially any way I want and not think about the financial side first and foremost, or at least less so, that mm-hmm. was something moving forward that I think is going to help my game greatly um, when uh, the rubber hits the road. So do you have, with your contract, you talked about going to all these different events and a lot of people right now are talking about their schedule, their 2024 schedule. I think the Dickerson's announced theirs. I think maybe Paul even talked a little bit about his. Um, is there like a minimum number of events you need to hit? Are you even worried about that? Is it different the first year because of your shoulder? I mean, how uh, is there anything about that that you can kind of discuss? And how many? And if you can, tell us a little bit about what your 2024 is going to look like. Yeah, so I think that this part of the contract I can share. I'm... I'm, they want me to play roughly around 20 events a year, give or take. Um, this year is a little bit different because I am recovering off the, the surgery. So a little bit less will, will be fine there. There, Chad, one of the owners came and told me like, don't, don't be too hard on yourself this year. Like we want, we want you for the long run and we want you to focus on your health. So that was, that was really nice for him. Um, but yeah, for, for this year, I would say my goal is to get back out, uh, at champions cup before would be nice, but right at champions cup is right at the six month mark for, uh, my shoulder, shoulder surgery. And that's right at the time where the doctor is good with giving me the okay to return to competition. So I feel like that fits pretty perfectly. Uh, so in theory, I won't miss a major this year and it uh I'll still be able to get around 16 to 17 major and elite series events for the season which is uh is a pretty solid year. So not missing out on too much uh other than obviously a few cool events to start the year. I think Waco's an elite plus which obviously I'd like to be at but uh I'm focused on coming back as strong as I possibly can and learning uh, a new bag. So uh right now just doing my uh PT exercises religiously twice a day, and I get to begin my return to throwing program next month. I'm working with uh, my PT as well as Seth Muncy to put together the the perfect the perfect uh, regimen to get me back out there and better than ever. And I, I know it's now hopefully completely in the past, but if you could just clarify, maybe hopefully one final time. What exactly was wrong? What had you tried? And then what what did you do differently this time? So it's crystal clear for everyone. Yeah, so I can take you through the whole the whole saga. Uh, it was in 2021. I, I subluxed my shoulder, which essentially means like a mild dislocation. It was at a Jomez shoot uh, right before the Pro Tour finale. So it was the last event of the year. Yep. So I almost made it to the finish line. Uh, but uh, yeah, I just thought I tweaked my shoulder, not playing one tournament, not a very big deal. Strengthened over the offseason, felt kind of okay, but uh, 
was just a little bit off, felt like a little bit unstable, and I was kind of getting used to it. And, you know, in retrospect, uh, hindsight's twenty twenty. I wish I got an MRI, figured out exactly what was going on, um, went to Vegas, went to the all-star event, played, and wasn't throwing forehands. Backhand felt okay, but I was so used to having a full game, backhand and forehand. So it threw me off a little bit. I can say mentally I wasn't really there, but after Vegas, I'm like, okay, something's wrong. I need to get an MRI. We found a torn labrum. And it was a mild tear in the labrum, which I'll revisit later because I don't even really, I know, but it's very mysterious what had happened. I figured, okay, I'm going to get back on the road. I'm going to get a stem cell treatment in the shoulder. Uh, What month was that? I think it was around May or June. So I went back out on the road. I played Champions Cup. I played Jonesboro and I threw a forehand over the water, whole six at Jonesboro, shoulder subluxed. And then I went home like, okay, something, okay, we got to get the stem cells. We got to do something. And I'm trying to go as conservative as possible because surgery, surgery scary. Like, I don't care what anyone <laughs> says, just to go, mm-hmm. just be like, all right, I'm going to get so- surgery on my shoulder, which is my livelihood. I'm like, okay, I want to take any sort of um, different approach possibly for going under sur- going under the knife. Got stem cells done. And I won European Open. So I was like, okay, maybe this is working. Uh, I'm good. (laughs) I won a major without throwing a forehand. Everything was very promising. And while that was amazing when the major, it kind of set me back. Because if I was to start just playing after that, I might have figured out sooner or later that stem cells didn't do exactly what they needed to do. Mm. So it gave me this weird false confidence that I could just continue to rehab. So... Rest of the year, I played a few events, nothing crazy. 2022 was a really weird year. Um, and then figuring everything was going to be okay, rehabbing the forehand, things were coming along. Sublex my shoulder again in the winter doing an exercise. I'm like, what is going on? I'm like, I'm too far in. I'm going to play this season, play this season to the best of my ability. And if things don't go the way I want to, then it's time for surgery. Had an underrated 2023 season in my opinion i didn't win any elite series but i won two pro tour events on the silver um i think after beaver state fling i didn't finish outside the top 10 until the pro tour finals which i got 11th and that's a unique uh, (laughs) format so i had a very solid year finished the year ranked number one on udisc so even with a, a messed up shoulder i still was able to finish pretty damn good at a lot of events and that was just enough to tell be like okay with a good shoulder i'm i'm a contender every week so figured just might as well do it want the forehand back surgery went well late october and surgeon went in and he saw the torn labrum it was actually really small what ended up being the issue was just some laxicity in the joint so just uh from throwing getting it sublexed was uh sublexed four times just stretched it out so there's just that underlying instability so i mean i i did two two sessions of uh like rehab exercise every day all year so i was in the gym every single day just to stay on top of it make sure i was able to finish finish the season um so i was while that i i'm proud of myself i'm really want to just like put it behind me and with the surgery everything's gone 
very well since he said the surgery went well, he tightened everything back up and, uh, yeah, I, uh, I'm excited with what I've, what I've done, the, the struggle I've had to go through and, you know, even through some of the struggle and pain, I feel like I persevered and, uh, had some good moments during that, uh, that time. Well, I mean, to be fair, as you just said, a disappointing year, perhaps last year, you've gone through all of this and still found ways to pick up a few victories here and there to still finish in the top 10, to do everything that you've done. Clearly an, an injured Eagle McMahon is still better than most uh, that are at full health, which is Well, I was watching impressive. Simon's video, and a lefty Eagle McMahon is better than most. <laughs> as you were putting him out there, uh, the 350-ish or something left-handed, this is... And, and watching you putt pretty decently, that's just stupid. I mean, <laughs> with you feeling, uh, you cut, you cut out. Can you, can you, oh, I, I was just, I was just saying that a, a lefty Eagle McMahon is better than most people. Like <laughs> I was watching Simon's video and you were putting him out there 350 uh, left-handed. Like that's just stupid. I try. I mean, I've unfortunately hurt my right arm a bunch in the past, uh, five years i've had the broken hand i've had shoulder uh implications so there's been a lot of times of me throwing left-handed <laughs> <laughs> so i hope i'd be pretty good at it by now clearly the entire world wants nothing but a hundred percent you know health and recovery from you in this surgery what are those and i know you said that the doctor said it went well what do you feel like those odds are or or did anyone ever say hey even if this goes perfect, we think you're going to be 90% of, of who you were five years ago or whatever those numbers are. Were you ever given any of that kind of diagnosis? or? He, he essentially said it's, it, it varies based on the individual. Okay. Um, from, my, from my perspective, the doctor says that you're going to be able to return to better than what you were based on of his, his experience and what he, he sees. Um, but also, like, it probably won't ever be exactly the same. Like, I'm okay. I'm honestly, if I can't throw a 500 foot forehand again, that's fine with me. And you don't really <laughs> even need a 500 foot forehand. That's what I've been saying. <laughs> yeah. No, you said that about 200. Oh. 200 foot forehand, Terry. <laughs> but yeah, like, I remember when ripping those forehands at the one thing I want to put out there that always. I try not to put too much uh, emotion into how I view comments on the internet, but this one always gets me charged up. Okay. Is everyone thinks I messed my shoulder up throwing forehand and I didn't. Mm. It was a freak accident. I was doing just some crazy stupid throw at this Joe mess shoot that my arm was limp and I would just dancing all over the place it, it was terrible it, like it shouldn't have happened but it wasn't th from throwing a forehand so that said i don't necessarily i want to get around a 400 to 450 foot forehand again and i'm going to gradually strengthen up to that this year probably going to be somewhat similar to how i was playing last year i'm going to test the waters throw soft forehands maybe some scramble shots Really try to develop a lefty. Ideally, if I could develop a 400 to 450 foot left to right lefty shot mm -hmm. that can work on more open style shots where the control isn't paramount, 
I think that's that's great. And then forehands maybe in the more technical side of it. Because I honestly don't want to go through this again. And the more the more uh, shots I can create, the better. But I, I, I'm confident because I I have a very good work ethic. I don't mean to pat mm-hmm. myself on the back or anything. But I if I set something up for myself, I'm going to do it. So I, I'm pretty confident that with a lot of hard work and dedication every day that I can get back to a new version of myself that in many different ways is better than the the previous version of, of myself. Stop me. If you've heard this one, have you ever thought about a turnover? Like a, f- <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 I joke because I think when we first saw you come out with a lefty shot, maybe it was even at the all-star event a, f- a few years ago. Um, you were, you threw a couple lefty shots, but I, I mean, I, I think I even said it on this podcast, I'm Eagles, biggest flaw i think in his game is just a slow turnover like like those what would be a big turnover for us 250 feet you know just a, a, a little flip shot that you seem to have you seem to struggle with at the time do you feel like this has or will help that or would you rather focus on just throwing those lefty well i got i i'd say i'm pretty pretty good at it yeah honestly i just don't the thing is, it's hard to rewire your brain to want to throw a turnover when you are so used to not having to. Because <laughs> with a 300-foot turnover is significantly harder than a 300-foot sidearm. Like, you can just chop it out there high and let it all fall down, at least, at least for me. So <laughs> the idea to rewire my brain saying, okay, I need to throw a turnover for this now, which is there's a lot more variables. It's... It's hard to like fall in love with that idea when you're under pressure and in the moment. So I would say, yeah, <laughs> you're, you're, we'll say you're better at them now. Cause I think I, even I saw that as the years progressed after watching that, that your turnovers are better, but you'd rather throw the, like you said, the chop shot, the more uh, consistent shot, so to speak. That makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And towards the, like, I strengthened my arm pretty good last year and towards the end of the season, like I was a, I was starting to be able to throw like around close to 400 foot forehands again. Like if you watch disc mania open the, the playoff, the six hole playoff I have with Isaac on all the, all those uh, approach shots on 18, I was throwing like 350 foot forehand in and that's what won me that tournament essentially. So it started to come back uh, towards the end of the year, but it just, uh, it just takes patience and gradual strengthening to to get it back. So as you, I'll say this is like another chapter in in your storied career of disc golf, and you're turning this page uh, and starting to write this new chapter. What are some of the things that you're hoping to look forward to that will be part of your legacy, part of your story, uh, goals or aspirations? Have any of those changed? Like, but what are some of the things that you're really thinking? Like, yeah, once I'm healthy, ready to go. Here, here is where I'm laser focused. Right. So, I would say this is obviously I'm always trying to be the best player I can be, and a lot of people like to assume that I want to win a world championship and USTGC, all the majors. And while that's completely true, like I have a personal goal. I, I want a career grand slam and uh, I'm working towards that. That isn't like the necessary driver for me. For me, it's more respectable 
if I can tr- find a high level of play at every single event I, I go to. And I, I want to f- just feel genuinely proud of myself when I go out and, and compete. I want to feel proud that I played around a certain way. I acted a certain way. And that's been something that's always been tough for me because I, at my core, I'm a pretty fiery person at least on the course. And uh, I've tried, I do my best to tame that. I've been doing my meditations, but uh, I just want to really feel proud of myself as a person. Um, I, I like to subscribe to the belief that uh, a good person makes a good disc golfer. And that's something that I'm always co- uh, consciously working on. So that's, that's first and foremost. And something that's been coming to me a lot lately is I was watching old disc golf videos and just kind of reliving memories from when I started disc golf. I feel this isn't a bad thing. It's just because the growth of the sport, I feel like some of the grassroots parts of disc golf are starting to fade away and the community aspect that I really miss and just general like friendliness and happiness and, sense of positivity like there's a lot more tmz kind of drama involved with disc golf and i think that's just par for the course as disc golf grows but whatever i can do to kind of counteract that and just bring that childlike joy of disc golf back i'm trying to figure out ways to do this maybe through my content i want to have stuff to give away when I'm out at tournaments. I just really want to focus on like making disc golf feel great for everybody. And because that's what hooked me on disc golf. And it's the reason why all of us love it. So moving forward, that's, that's one of my big goals. With all of that being said, and I I think that's so commendable and exciting that you have that, those feelings and that nostalgia and, and you're even recognizing that, yeah, we are losing a little bit of this, I'll say intimacy and camaraderie, uh, among you know the smaller groups because of the growth. With all of that being said, you and Simon are two of the most liked and popular and entertaining competitors we have in our entire sport. How how have you thought about that balance of man? I just had a great round, or I just had a terrible round. But there's there's 500 fans here ready for an autograph. And that wasn't a problem mm-hmm. even five years ago, but now, and problem is a, I'll put that in air quotes, but now it's a totally different ball game out there. And with all that engagement and everything you just mentioned, what are some of the things you've thought about in terms of, uh, you know, collectively uh, embracing, but not burning yourself out? That's a very good question. And I'll be the first to say it. Like I, I'm not perfect. There's been times where, I've had a very bad round and I have not been in the headspace to assign an autograph. And I've walked past little kids putting their disc out. And like, I look back at me at at that moment and I wish I would have just persevered and put myself aside to sign it because I would have been happier in the long run. But there's certain times where it almost feels impossible to put yourself aside for, for that moment. And while I'm saying this, I, I hope that I hold myself accountable, but there's probably going to be that time again for me. But if I can minimize those moments and I can like truly take perspective on what disc golf is and what it's done for me and it's done for everybody else, 
it's really, it's cliche, but it's really all about love, like love for the game, love for what you do. And if you can like notice that and be grateful for it, I think that's going to be like a superpower for those times. And, you know, thank, there, there's so many different pieces of the puzzle. Like I'm not mm-hmm. going to be the, the guy who says that it's not about the money because the, the, there is a level of financial, the financial aspect of it. But now that like I am very well taken care of MVP, like I want to share that in some capacity. Like if I have the means to, you know, take some extra time, sign some discs, then that's something that I'm going to be striving for moving forward at the very least, like setting rules for myself. Like at the very least you can, you can spare 15 minutes after your round, no matter what, like just make that a part of your round at the very least. If you have a great round, if you have time, stay longer, but at the very least 15 minutes after the round, sign some discs and then be on your way. This might be a tough question. You talk about fans and fandom, one of the best memories I think that people or visions maybe that people have the last couple of years is you at the European Open after the round. Whether you won or lost, you you were surrounded by kids and people and throwing discs. And how much of that had to do with you being on Discmania versus the them being a fan of Eagle? And do you hope that you can kind of bring that over? I saw a, a graph today from I think it was a power grip that showed the popularity of, of uh, manufacturers, which I'm assuming is in Europe over the last, I think five or 10 years. And you see how a lot of, now that we've got more manufacturers, they're starting to compress. Innova used to be dominant. Now it's much, I think Discmania was the dominant one. MVP was like third behind Innova or something over in Europe. I'm not exactly sure. I, but how much of that do you feel you're going to be able to retain with the fans over in Europe? Or are we going to see, you know, our, our guest later tonight, take that mantle from you, Mr. Gannon Burr, as he steps into the Discmania camp. It's it's hard to say. Um, I would like to say that we're going to retain it. Uh, but at the same time, Discmania, first and foremost, is a European brand. And they got their foothold over there. Um, Prodigy and Discmania are two, are two of the biggest brands over there because they're able to meet the demand. A lot of the... Di- they're not prodigy, but uh, Dismania Latitude. They make discs over there, and it's cheaper to buy discs made in Europe. There's no export import mm-hmm. fees, so that's a, that's a big reason. And obviously, Dismania Dis- does an incredible job marketing. They they marketed me, they marketed Simon, they marketed their team very well. And uh, you know, at the European Open, at a lot of events over there, a lot of stores. There's you go to stores, you see banners of myself, Simon, or whomever that's on Dismania over there. So I owe a lot to them for helping me build that European brand. But moving forward, a lot of companies, including MVP, has their eyes set on the European market. They see the growth and they, they're trying to figure out ways to make uh, importing their discs more, uh, more feasible and setting up some, uh, some overseas headquarters. Was there any part of you that factored in house of discs just generically the fact that there is this you know venture capitalist group that has you know has consumed or has acquired a number of our companies and some of the conversation immediately went to well if eagle leaves he would go 
outside of House of Disc or inside or whatever. I mean, those were all part of the speculations for a lot of different, um, you know, for a lot of different reasons. Did any any part of the House of Disc existence factor into you or any of your decision making? I would say I'd be lying to say no, but a lot of the reasons why people think I left Dismania aren't really true at all. Like I was saying, the primary driver was me wanting a change, mm-hmm. but there's definitely a small portion of uncertainty. What this big conglomerate of companies buying disc golf companies might mm-hmm. entail. Um, I hope it works out great. I hear that, uh, they're doing very well at the company. So, you know, I, I hope if a rising tide lifts all boats, so mm-hmm. my best to them, but this kind of alludes to the question or the, the answer I gave you guys about losing some of the grassroots aspects of disc golf. I, I, I like supporting small companies. I like mom and pop things. So the fact is, is like I more identify with things along those lines. And while MVP is growing very rapidly seeing Brad and Chad it's it's a family operation which I just think is so cool so I would say there's a portion of me that was weary but it wasn't the driving factor per se so to follow that up and kind of you just alluded to it or touched on it if we could just for a moment dive into some of the most ridiculous or the silliest, or the funniest, that were still obviously wrong. What were some of the things that you and your camp, uh, whether it was your dad or your grandpa, what were some of the things that you saw or read or watched that now we can truly laugh at or dispel or or completely shoot down? Whatever it is. Misconceptions, basically, is what what I'd title this, uh, of of your, your moving what were some of the things that were your favorite and not so favorite that got thrown out there? Well, the thing is, I like, I, I'm trying to find a balance in my life for pretty much everything because I, there's so much value in reading comments and like interacting (laughs) with the disc golf community. Mm -hmm. But, but (laughs) if I want to ruin my day, I can just go read comments and find yes. mean things about myself and feel All day. terrible. Mm-hmm. So it's like I got to find – it's hard finding a balance of that because while all the amazing comments are so great and I'm grateful people go out of their time to write them, for some reason the human brain just like phases that those out and you mm-hmm. just want to hear the bad ones. And then when someone says something like, oh, wow, your nose is crooked or <laughs> – you know, your beard doesn't look good. Like those are just some mild ones, but then I'm, I don't even need to name the, the mean ones. Um, then like you're just, you just start thinking like bad stuff. So mm-hmm. like, it's not a positive thing, which when I, when I first started playing disc golf, like none of that really existed. The community was so small and like every once in a while you get that one guy and mm-hmm. you didn't really, I mean, it wasn't great, but you kind of just set him aside. But They've multiplied, and uh, I I shake it off pretty good, but it definitely feels like a little bit of a punch in the gut for a, a short period of time, and then I realize like that I hope that guy has some good things happen to him because 
he need it. needs it. Yeah. <laughs> so what was the dumbest? Just give me the dumbest or out, most outlandish like take that someone, you know, threw out there or that got, you know, back to you. Was there any that were just like, oh, my gosh, what what are they even thinking that that could possibly be a solution? Was there anything that was just crazy to you? I feel like there were, but they're eluding me right now. I'm going to be like going to bed and it's going to come back. (laughs) I'll I'll, I'll try to think of something. If something pops in my head for the remainder of this conversation. (laughs) So you you were or are still sponsored by Grip? Bag company? That was going to be a question. I was, yeah, like what, what are some of your other continued relationships like and and have some of those had to be trimmed back or or adjusted um grip hasn't officially announced me yet but uh i'm staying with grip for at least another year um smashbox exclusive yes um i had to cut ties with whale sacks uh, I owe a lot to them. You know, Tina and Eric, they're they're amazing. Eric's Did you send back all the halves discs. of the of the whale discs? Oh, ouch. <laughs> ouch. He's like, hey, maybe you can sew these back <laughs> you, together. You can reuse these. Ouch. Come ouch. on, that's you yeah. mean guy on the internet. It was oh, Johnny. Johnny was making me. all those Johnny, comments. <laughs> oh, come on. That's like a, that's like one of the common ones, the Eagle Rips whale sacks. It's yeah. one of the funniest ones. I mean, on at me. least it, it is true, factually, it's true. <laughs> I mean, Paul folds putters. I've seen it, uh, you yeah, know? Yeah, <laughs> uh, d- don't we all? <laughs> uh, uh, but, but, yeah. Other relationships? You've been wearing some shoes, uh, v- Vivos, right, for a while now. Is there an official relationship yeah. there still, or or was there, or is there? There, there is official relationship. I'm, I'm more on the ambassador side, which uh, mm-hmm. they don't, they don't necessarily ambassador team. They don't have a team section, but. Uh, now, I have an affiliate link that I get some kickback on and I have a code and I'll get some an occasional free pair of shoes, you know, better better than nothing. Um, but I, I appreciate them just like willing to support disc golf in any way because they're they're great shoes. I'd be wearing them even uh, if I didn't have any affiliation with them. So mm-hmm. just like I said, using the products that I truly believe in uh, is something that I want to focus on focusing on that integrity is uh, something as I get older, that's becoming very important to me because a lot of what I do is promote Mm -hmm. as part of being uh, a a disc golfer. And if you can promote something in good conscience, something that you truly use and want to share with people, then it's just better for everybody. So with that, uh, just a recap so we know, um, and I know we kind of usually leave this for the end of the interview, but uh, we'll see you still with grip, still uh, Vivo shoes. Uh, Is there any other, um, you know, I I guess apparel or stores or anything else that any other sponsorships that you're still part of? For the time being, uh, still with Huck Lab, we're going to okay. maintain our relationship. It's a pretty informal relationship, but uh, mm-hmm. uh, Jay's my good, my good friend, and uh, I like to collaborate with him as much uh, as possible. Uh, I'm continuing my uh, relationship with Backstage Organics, okay. which is uh, very exciting. Um, I haven't talked to Seth about it. Um, I technically am a part of Disc Golf Strong. Mm-hmm. Uh, Seth is just a Seth's a great friend and I can just bounce ideas off of him whenever and I highly recommend anybody go 
be a part of the disc golf strong movement. If you're have any sort of pain or just looking to get stronger within disc golf, then, you know, Seth is, a has amazing resources and he's helped, helped me tremendously throughout the past, the past, uh, however much time I've known him. Well, I want to quickly talk about the other big announcement on Simon's video. The other sponsorship announcement, Ratana on MVP as well, huh? Yeah. Yeah. She got, uh, can you tell us a little bit about that? Uh, uh, I don't want to say her contract, so to speak, but like, what is her relationship with MVP now? And what's her plans for the yes. year? Yeah. So she's extremely excited. Um, she started falling in love with the discs. Like it, it was a prospect of me being on the team and she just started throwing them and she loved the glitch. She loved uh, some of the more understable stuff. And it's, it's amazing because MVP saw the potential in her. Like, I want to say that MVP's team is still pretty, it's on the smaller side right now. So they're looking for a lot of talent and Rattan is making, you know, she's, she's making a lot of uh, progress in her game. She's come a long way. She won her first A tier last year. She was one stroke out from making the cut at Portland open. And, uh, you know, she's coming a long way and MVP saw the potential in her and it's, it's being on MVP is going to enable her to be able to play a lot more tournaments out on the road moving forward and continue her professional career. So I'm absolutely stoked to have her on the team. Um, traveling with her has made this golf so much more fun and, uh, I'm very grateful to her and we're going to hopefully start creating some more MVP content and, uh, Spread the love. And your dad, Pat, I saw in the video as well. He is he full MVP bag or is he still holding on to some old some old things that he loves? Because he's not required to throw anything. So the funny story, my dad, when I was on Dismania, he he had a few Dismania discs. Like he 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 definitely enjoyed like the MD3, some of the Cloud Breakers, Razor Claw. Uh, I got him to switch to the P2. But he always liked his old rocks, Firebirds. Mm. Uh, he's kind of like a old school Innova guy to a certain extent. Um, now, this is the most excited I've ever seen him about <laughs> discs. He has pretty much a full gyro bag. Uh, I think the only thing that might stay in his bag is like a really old beat up DX rock. And then um, some old Blizzard uh, bosses that he just really likes. But even those, like we're he's testing out Fission Octane, some of the Fission stuff from MVP that hopefully will knock out those uh, those bosses. And I don't know, the DX Rock will be a tough one for him to replace. But uh, he he's a gyro not now. It's pretty crazy. Yeah, a good. I'll, I'll say this. You know, I know everyone's sponsored by every people. A really good worn in rock is a hard thing to get rid of. I mean, it's that's everybody has said it. I I I, can't, I begged one for many many years, a glow one, but I eventually it eventually left my bag. So we can, well, Pat's got time. Don't worry. <laughs> and with that, I'll say your dad is one of the probably one of the closest people to disc golf and their and their in their child's career. Uh, of course, there's other dads that are very supportive and are involved, but your dad is probably one of the most uh, active and actively involved and intimate with you uh, and your entire, yeah, the community and just all of disc golf. So that begs the question, what were some of the conversations like 
when sponsorship came about, what were some of the conversations and, and what kind of insider push or nudge or, or back away? Like what was his approach to, you know, this life-changing decision for you? One thing I want to throw out there, a question that my dad always says, it's more of a, a rhetorical question is he always asks, am I the most famous disc golf dad? <laughs> hmm. he, he's like, up there. I think you are. Yeah. I'm he's like, definitely. I, I, don't, I don't know. Who else? Uh, I mean, uh, the, the Robinsons uh, father has been out there doing He's some work lately, creeping course, a little bit being, up on that, being on some bags, and then your kid winning a worlds and, and being part of it. Doug Bjorkus, you know, over uh, with now Grady and Page, of course. Uh, rest in peace, Leroy Jenkins, one of the kindest, mm-hmm. most amazing humans on the planet. And then Paige's you know, dad, the, he, he's, the, the he's, family. Yeah, he's been around for Paige's, a while. Paige's uh, uh, dad, yeah. But, uh, but I think Pat's the most involved, honestly. Yeah. So right. uh, I, I think what helps is uh, he's in a lot of my videos, so people really can <laughs> yes. see yeah. the personality of him. And he kind of he, he doesn't seek it out, but he definitely thrives on it. He, <laughs> He likes being on camera. Uh, awesome. Well, so with all of that, what, uh, again, life-changing decision, uh, and the guy that's been there for every moment of your career, uh, what were some of the things, maybe even just high level, that got discussed? Yeah. No, yeah. Um, as, as you know, it's like we, we've been through this whole disc golf journey together. We started playing at the exact same time. So he's been there every step of the way, and uh, – I couldn't have done without him. He's absolutely incredible. He's been a mentor in so many different ways and just somebody that I can go and celebrate or cry to after a a really good or bad moment. So Mm -hmm. talking to him about who I was going to represent was a a huge decision. And I just remember we're talking about a little bit today, like talking to other sponsors. We just had, I just remember the one moment he's like, you have to go with MVP. It like it's the only one that <laughs> truly makes sense. So Ooh. we we talked we talked through pretty much almost every detail on all different offers that I had, and uh, yeah, without him, you know, it, it would have been a, t- a way tougher decision because he he understands the climate disc golf. He understands um, a good amount about like the the product side of it and mm-hmm. where companies are going. So he we. We both came to agreement, and he he supports my decision to to represent the MVP family. So, and he's a part of the MVP family now. So it's a uh, it's it's all it's all great. Uh, and speaking of representation, you mentioned earlier, you know, kind of your team and contracts getting, you know, uh, what you were looking for, and and your representation was helping you with that. Who who makes up your team right now? Um, in that regard, who's who's kind of representing you and your brand in that sense? Oh, in terms of like an agent? Yeah, agent or or yeah, or whatever, someone brokering any deals or or being part mm-hmm. of that. So it's feature card management. Uh, they work pretty closely with uh, Paul McBeth Foundation. They also represent a small handful of other players. Okay. Uh, but uh, Blake Iverson, Dustin Leatherman, Zach Smith, those are the main guys there. And uh, okay. they're, they're a great group of guys. I've been working with them for a few years now. And uh, just uh, makes makes my life uh, a lot easier when talking to certain uh, companies, have any sort of uh, new opportunities, just streamlines the process. Okay, uh, great pun there. Uh, with that, I, I was thinking earlier today. I, I don't. I don't. Maybe haven't quite a, a 
the perfect analogy yet, but I kind of feel like, and I've said this very publicly, when MVP came onto the scene, it was like, what is this gimmick? What are, what are these weird looking Frisbees? I sold thousands of Frisbees every year and I was like, I ordered some and I'm like, what are these? And were these going to be a flash in the pan? I think fair enough that a lot of people kind of said that or guessed that. And clearly they've done nothing but grow and build and thrive throughout these last few years, making all these big moves and, and being so scientific and analytical in terms of even their, their naming structure and convention. I, I feel like maybe a, a couple of the guys that weren't the most popular just maybe got like the, the two best dates to the prom or something like that and picking up like you and, and Simon. I mean, just two of the most popular, well-liked people now on the team, now within the family. What has it been like with the the gyronauts and, and the whole idea of this entire new fan base and family that was already here? They've been, some of them been here for the long haul. Now, now here comes, uh, you know, a front runner for homecoming king or prom king. Here you are. What's that been like? It's, uh, it's been eye opening because I talked to Brad and Chad about and what, what the origins of MVP are and the whole history of it's really cool because their dad's the person who got into injection molding. Um, MVP doesn't necessarily stand for this now. But it, stand, it stood for Maple Valley Plastics, Plastics. which mm-hmm. they did uh, injection molding for uh, GM, Ford, some of the, the, the car companies in the, in the Rust Belt area because it's a Michigan-based company. Um, so uh, from my understanding, their kids took – or Don, Don Richardson, daddy MVP, <laughs> uh, <laughs> was the inspiration for uh, Brad and Chad to – get into injection molding and they, they were disc golfers. So like, okay, let's, let's try making discs. And what I really appreciate about them is that they've really focused on manufacturing and getting the science down first. And uh, like, like you, when I first saw MVP, I'm like, what, what is this? And I would say, I remember the first big signing they had, I think it was Sarah Hokum and when she went to MVP, I'm like, wow, they're getting a big player. So that's kind of the moment when people started looking. And then obviously when James went to MVP, that was a big moment because they that was MVP making like a big move. Mm-hmm. And that kind of put him on the map, so to speak. And then obviously with the holy shot, talking to <laughs> them about what it was like watching they they were saying they're running around their warehouse and the minute that shot went in they started production of blue and yellow envies <laughs> because they knew and mm-hmm. they couldn't even keep it in stock they said it was the mo- it was absolute madness and i would say to a certain degree this me being here is a ripple event of that to a certain degree like they just They've they've rode the wave just how you should moving mm-hmm. forward and like they're Brad Brad is the the more business minded they're both very business minded but Brad Brad's more the marketing director and uh, um, guy who calls the shots on a lot of Chad's more of the disc design uh, nerdy side of the company mm-hmm. but when you put their brains together they've they've been very calculated they've done everything they can to 
grow themselves and be a force to reckon with within the disc golf community. And I still think they got a lot to prove. They're still, they're still underdogs in a lot, in, in many different cases. And while gyro to a lot of people probably has seemed like a gimmick, it absolutely is not because Chad gave me the rundown of the science. It's like, when it's done right, it actually works better than all the other discs because the more weight you can have pushed out, the more torque resistant, wind resistant the disc is going to be, the more durable. So I'm I'm sold on gyro, and I'm <laughs> I can't wait to fully explore my bag, fully explore all those molds because I I believe that it's going to make me a better disc golfer. And as well, I say, we would be remiss if we didn't get to the release of your first disc. Tell us about your first disc. Yeah. It's, it's some, some sort of envy. I know that, that it's a, ex, ex, what exactly is it? So it is a envy in the prism proton plastic. And I always, I always envied the envy not being on MVP. Cause I'd always grab it. I'm like, this is the exact disc I need. I love the profile on it. It's, it's shallow. It's a hybrid between a mid-range and a putter. And I just felt like it was always the disc I, I needed. And then, of course, when James hit that shot, the shot, my beliefs were essentially corroborated. I'm like, okay, so that's what you need to win a world championship. It makes sense. <laughs> so I've always had my eyes on the Envy. And when, when we're talking about my first signature series disc, I have a Prism Proton Pyro that I saw, and essentially what Prism Proton means is Proton is kind of the, I'm just going to use Innova as a comparison. It's like the champion style look. It's mm -hmm. a translucent color, and the Prism aspect of it is the rim. So when you combine the rim with the inside plastic, that would be Prism Proton. So there's a Prism Plasma option as well, which is like, more of a champion style rim mixed with a star type plastic. Um, I just thought the Prism Proton looked super pretty and it felt really good in my hand. So I just figured for my first disc, I'm going to be bagging the Envy no matter what. I already know it's going to be my go-to disc. So what better disc would be than this here Prism Proton Envy? And the stamp, shout out to Mike Inshow, the graphic mm -hmm. designer. It is... It's an eagle surrounded by flames, so I guess you could call it a phoenix, but I don't want to step on the firebird's toes. But uh, this stamp is called Rebirth because I feel like it's the perfect uh, way to depict and illustrate my move to MVP with all that's going on, shoulder surgery, a new chapter. I'm rising from the ashes into flames. Perfect. Absolutely perfect. And... With that, uh, I know you're going to be making a ton of content, as you said, uh, for yourself, because you're going to be out there learning the plastic and then wanting to share your journey. Uh, and I'm sure the fans are going to absolutely love that. Uh, and you're going to be creating new fans. You're going to be bringing along your old fans that were following you when you were throwing Discmania. It's all going to be very exciting. Uh, I, I want to personally, as we start to let you go, I want to personally just say thank you. You uh, I'd like to share with the world that you reached out to me uh, and had said, hey, I'm planning on releasing the news or it's going to come out uh, 
initially it was going to come out yesterday and you talked mm-hmm. about then joining us on the show and and giving us the opportunity to have a conversation with you we know that you're going to get pulled in a million directions and everybody's going to want to have you on the show. And I know you're, you know, you've uh, obliged to a handful of them, but thank you so much for thinking of us and for uh, coming on to share all of this with, with us and the rest of the smashies out here. When I think back to you and glass blown open, was that 2015 or 2016? 2015. 2015, 2015 before yeah. the Pro Tour. I remember thinking, who is this kid? He throws a mile. We have you on live when Smashbox was the only one providing live disc golf, uh, <laughs> yep. just a handful of us. Uh, fast forward a couple years later, you turned 18 on a podcast. You were here oh, yeah. talking to I us. I think that. the night you turned 17 into 18, uh, you were here with us. And uh, we just have to say, just you know, we could echo thousands of fans out there. We just absolutely uh, love and appreciate everything you've you've done for the game, and then also how you've portrayed yourself and and acted for the fans and everyone else that's out here taking it all in. And we couldn't be happier for your successes. And uh, we're looking forward to what's in these next few chapters for you. Well, I, I really appreciate, it, guys. You you you've been there for the whole the whole thing. You've been outside looking in and. Uh, I, I really do uh, appreciate you guys. So I wanted to give you one of the the first opportunities. Um, I'm going to keep my circuit pretty small just because I have a lot of stuff that I want to do, do myself. But uh, I wanted to pay my respect to you guys because I, I really do appreciate what you guys do for the disc golf community for, gosh, I remember watching disc golf guy videos like a good <laughs> five to 10 years before I even met you. So it's like it, you go way back. So I, I, I truly am grateful for you guys. Well, I, thank you so much. I want to give you a moment to defend something, though, that you said the other <laughs> night. I was watching one of your Instagram lives. You were going through a bunch of vinyl. <laughs> and at the very oh, end, I know this. at the very end, it killed me. It hurt me. You said Creed is a better band than Pearl Jam. What? And then End you, the show. Cut him off. No, that's what I he did. He, then he cut off his Instagram stream. Oh, I <laughs> cut him off now. I'm just hearing that part. Yeah, I know. Uh, I, I don't know. Okay, I take back everything I just said. I was watching, right. and I was like, oh, those are some fun. That, I, I'm not a vinyl person, but I was like, some of those are some good albums. I, oh, I, I, my God. I'm, I'm not a jam band guy, but some of the stuff you had was really good. I was like, oh, some of this stuff is awesome. And and oh, then you ended the show God. like that, and I was like, nope. I don't know. Jeez. Oh, I, I, man. Can you, you want to defend that, or do you just want to just let oh, that? Or do we just cut you off? (laughs) I mean, I know you were young when those came out. Do I think Creed is a better band than Pearl Jam? Objectively, no, I don't. Because I know, I mean, Pearl Jam, they were part of the grunge movement. Like, go back, like, Eddie Vedder is incredible. I love the Into the Wild soundtrack. One of my dad's favorite bands is Pearl Jam. Pearl Jam never really resonated with me. I Mm. listened to some of their albums, like, Ten's a really good album. Um, but it just never rung true for me. But I just remember as a kid, I, I was gifted Creed greatest hits. And I was watching the one song. I was say both songs. <laughs> There's a ton of good Creed. I don't understand why Creed gets the hate they do. Like I understand why Nickelback gets the hate they do. Okay. It's okay. Silly. Mm-hmm. But personally speaking, this I'm probably losing a lot of fans. I'm just gonna I'm say okay you might have just wanted to I, plead the fifth here. I, I just I just feel like 
music in general, they're people are on their high horse too much because people just jump in and like the cool thing is to heat hate Creed. The cool mm-hmm. thing is to hate Justin Bieber. And like I listen to so much different kinds of music. I just just listen to what sounds good. And if Creed sounds terrible to you, then so be it. I think some of the songs are pretty dang good, to be I, honest. Okay. I, I, okay. I, and I will say, like, I, I would never rip on anyone for any of the music they listen to. You know, whatever they want to, whatever gets floats your boat is great, in my opinion. Um, I think it definitely hits different depending on your ages. For sure. Like Terry Considering and I, us. W- like we Pearl Jam Ten came out when we were like thirteen. Yeah. And yeah. and like that is the prime time of kids getting into music and you know you right. you know for us you know we'd get our five disc or yeah, single disc yeah. changer out so i get it if you're young and creed arms wide open i did i think i've told the story on the podcast before i went on a disney cruise with my kids and my wife and some friends the lead singer of creed was on that was on there with his wife and kids and, wow. and I, I, like I manning the lifeboats or what was he doing <laughs> no he was he was there he, and i the funniest thing i looked at him and i'm like god that guy looks familiar like because he didn't have his long hair it was shorter and then I walked by him, and he's in pretty good shape. Scott Staff, right? Scott yeah, Staff. Yeah. He's, I, know, I, I know the. He's got, and I knew his name too. He's wearing a staff shirt. No, he, it's not Scott man. Staff. He has a tattoo on his arm of of a cross that says "Arms Wide Open," and I was like, "Yeah, that's definitely him. I know for a fact." And uh, yeah, so I thought that was I thought that was pretty funny, and I I, I nudged my wife. I'm like, "That's the Creed guy," and she's yeah. like, "What?" I'm like. Arms wide open, and she's like, "Oh!" <laughs> and she didn't care after that. Uh, I thought it was fun, though. So. All of this goes off the rail. What, a, what a good time we were having! A favor, <laughs> go listen to "My Own Prison" by Creed. Uh, Damn it! You're okay. welcome. Yes. All right, Eagle. <laughs> one final time, besides maybe that note, give us one final sign off. We'll let you go after that. Thank you for joining us. Any final words before we uh, we cut you loose? Yeah. So I just want to. Thank Dismania. This is I, I. I want to stress how grateful I am to Dismania to getting me where I am today. I have nothing but love for their company, and I wish them the absolute best. Still talk with UC a bunch. Um, a lot of the employees are still my great friends. So thank you, Dismania, for this whole establishing me in disc golf. I couldn't be more grateful. And now, thank you, MVP. Thank you for this opportunity. Thank you, Axiom Streamline. I, for the next five years and hopefully more, I can't wait to see what it brings because everybody involved, everyone that uh, I've talked with, I truly believe we're going to make some amazing things happen to be on the same team as James, Simon, Sarah, my girlfriend, and uh, I'm missing a lot of other people, but the Paul Kranz, we we have an amazing team now mm-hmm. and I think uh, we have a lot to prove. Silva too, right? Silva Sarman? So, yeah, Silva Sarman Yeah, Silva, well. that's a really good pickup. And, Absolutely. Um, yeah. Thank, thank you, you guys for uh, for being here through it all. Thank you to all the fans, and uh, I'm just really excited for the future. All right, everyone. Uh, thank you again for the time, for the dedication of the sport, the love of the game. It, it, it obviously oozes from you, and and every time you speak to us, and uh, I think the fans all recognize that as well. And we're looking forward to the continued excitement. We wish you the best. We know you have some recovery and some hard work, and we know you're going to put in that time and effort. And uh, like you said, hopefully, worst case scenario, the uh, the the first major of the year is when we'll see you out there competing again, maybe a little earlier, but uh, get. Get 100% healthy, and 
We're looking forward to seeing For it. Sure. So, all right, everyone, that's Eagle McMahon, team MVP. Have a good night. Thanks for joining us. Thanks, Thanks guys. See ya. Wow, just it it even sounds funny to say team MVP like just it's going to take course, a while yep. to to see that. I mean, it he looks good in the uh in the clothing. In the attire? Yes. In the uh, attire. I hope we get to see just like he had with Dismania. I hope we could see a jersey of some sort. Sure, we're going to see. Yeah. Go out and watch Simon's video. It's really funny. Um if you haven't seen it, we're I'll spoil a little bit. Simon kind of hides at the MVP uh factory or manufacturing facility. And surprises Eagle and gives him a gift and just go and watch that. Do yourself a favor. It's a lot of fun. Eagle is just a, a wonderful human being in general. Yes. Uh, so great to have him. And again, uh, so gracious that uh, he had reached out to me. Uh, I know a lot of people last week were, you know, obviously waiting and anticipating. And then there's a lot of speculation going on. And uh, when I had known at the time, he had said, Monday is going to be the announcement. I want to talk to the guys at Staggered Stance. And then I also want to come on with you guys on Tuesday. Uh, so it worked out uh, really well. And then things actually got pushed back to today. Um, and uh, g- great to have him and get all the details and uh, yeah, uh, clearly a pretty big moment. So, and with this, as we are getting ourselves all lined up and ready to go, incredible conversation with one Eagle McMahon and, and Eagle, like we were talking about in our early days, Smashbox covered the the first time he was ever live on an event when he was live. It was right here on Smashbox when we had like two cameras covering all of the action uh, at best and like four total people working to pull off a live broadcast. Three or four. Hey, why does the why does the pro tour need like forty five people? Yeah, why I do mean, they need all that? We, we can, can do just it go back four. old school and uh, make it happen. And one of the gentlemen that was part of our old school. Uh, introduction into live disc golf came onto the scene, had an incredible showing at the MVP. And at the time, I believe that was called probably still the Vibram because it's had 30 different names. Maybe the Maple Hill, Maple Hill. I don't know. It was, it was the Vibram open, uh, came onto the scene and had traveled from, uh, the Kentucky, Tennessee region, that general area up into Maple Hill to compete. And, uh, it was exciting to also put his name on the map in addition to his incredible play, we we just help shine a spotlight on it. And that is our next guest, Dutch Napier, Batman. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. How you doing, buddy? What's happening? Doing good, man. How are you guys? Uh, We are good. We're great. We are good. Welcome to the show. It's so good to have you. There's been yeah, a lot 
Thank you. Uh, there's been a lot of talk and chatter with a lot of different players, and you were part of that conversation as well this year. Uh, you, a few weeks ago, made an announcement. Kind of talk about your journey up until tonight and uh, what's been going on with you. Um, yeah, I, uh, I parted ways with uh, Prodigy Disc um, after nine total seasons. Um, and, you know, if it wasn't for you guys on the Smashbox doing the live coverage, I probably never would have got the shot. You know, after I got uh, on that Maple Hill uh, coverage in uh, 2014, I got a phone call from Dave Greenwell, uh, you know, introduced me to the Prodigy uh, family and uh, made sure that I had uh, had some disc in my hand uh, by the time I got home. So, um, you know, with, with that, um, he spoke with everybody throughout the company and got me uh, signed on. They had me a box of disc. Uh, you know, late in that 2014 season, um, and then uh, moved moved forward from there, um, all the way up until uh, until this year. So, yeah, you are one of the longest running Prodigy sponsored players, other than probably the original crew that they signed. Yeah, just a you couple had, of them. Yeah, you you had to be one of the first actual signings for Prodigy the next year, right? Um, yeah, well, I think I might even sign the contract at the the end of the 2014 season. Um, mm-hmm. So, I mean, it might have even been then um, whenever I, I signed with them to say that I would exclusively throw their disc, you know. Uh, but uh, I do think that uh, Daniel Polk from uh, from up in uh, Minnesota, I think he was right there along with me about the same time too. Yeah. So, but yeah, he, he might have been the uh, he might have been before me or maybe after me. But you know, I, I was still uh, still repping them for that long. Yeah, it's been uh, quite a journey for you, as you mentioned, Danny as well, who used to live in Wisconsin, then moved over to Minnesota and uh, part of that uh, crew. You, you know, a lot of these names that we have talked about, you know, uh, uh, Paul McBeth, we saw very early on and took to touring very early on. Um, Ricky Wysocki, you know, 2010, won a junior worlds by the next year, won his first major immediately went to touring. And so many of these other players, I could name, you know, two dozen of our other touring players. Your path was different though. So how did you, how were you different from those other guys? Because all of a sudden we just saw you at Maple Hill and you were on the map, but talk about getting there and why it's different for you. Yeah, for me, uh, I played uh, advanced. I played amateur for a couple of years. I think in 2007 might have been my first uh, amateur event. So uh, I went to 2008 Amateur Worlds in uh, Kalamazoo, Michigan. Mm. And, uh, like, at that point, they kind of had me for one of the favorites to be in the tops, and uh, and I did not perform. You know, I wound up finishing, like, 80th place or 87th. Mm. I don't know. You'd have to go back and check. But <laughs> it wasn't very good. It wasn't, wasn't to the expectations, you know. And um, from, uh, from there, I went to uh, the next weekend after I got back home was a tournament at my home course. And, uh, you know, I had some uh, – 990 to that low rated thousand players in the open division. I said, you know what? I'm just going to play open. And, uh, I wound up winning the tournament and, uh, <laughs> won my first ever open tournament. And whenever I won that tournament, uh, I decided never to look back. You know, I'm, I accepted cash right away and then I uh, started moving forward. Um, I think, uh, 2010 was probably my first, uh, pro world championships, um, in lemon Lake. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and then I went to uh, USDGC with uh, Eric Roadhouse and caddied for him. And that was kind of whenever I started learning more about the 
the disc and the flight and how to make it move and, and different things like that. Cause whenever I showed up to USDGC to try to qualify on Monday qualifying, that was our, our deal. If I qualified mm-hmm. on Monday, then uh, I didn't have to caddy for him. I could play in the tournament. But if I uh, didn't didn't make the Monday qualifying, I wound up caddying for the week. So, um, but needless to say, that's where I met like Felberg and Climo and, and those guys, uh, being around the right people. Um, and then uh, you know that's kind of where I started getting taught uh, how how to actually play the game of golf. And uh, I went out on tour after that and played a lot of the MTs that I could. Um, and I just took my, my bumps and my bruises, you know, uh, I, I kept paying my dues and paying my dues. And, uh, uh I went to Maple Hill in 2014 and, uh, played the best round of my life, you know, and, uh, got on, got on Smashbox. I was, uh, I think I was in the lead by a stroke over Kelavisca and, uh, Dave Felberg might've been one or two back, you know, and, and people seeing seeing this guy amongst all the, the big names and Dana, I think Dana Vici was the fourth on our card. Um, and, uh, but yeah, people seeing, seeing me in that, uh, that aspect. And then, so I had an early tea time too. I don't know if you remember this, Terry, but whenever y'all were doing the live coverage of the first round, um, I'd already got done with my round. I went in, I took a shower. I was staying at the, at the house there with Tom and Karen and I was decked out in all my Batman gear, you yeah, know, I had, yeah. had my Batman hat, my, you know, so, but, uh, yeah, that's, that's kind of where, where I came about and when I went on board. Uh, well, and one of the, I think one of the key components that you, you didn't even touch on there is, yeah, you took your lumps and you, you weren't necessarily a household name like some of those other people, but you were paying your, your, uh, uh, what's the word, uh, paying your dues in one way, not literally, but also then paying for like life and kids and family, like every person we just mentioned was not focused on growing or having or extending a family. And then you very different approach, very different position in life that you were, uh, you started out with. I mean, is that, a, is that a fair way to put it? I mean, you were a family man. That's what yeah. I'm trying to say. Yeah, Nobody else absolutely. was. Um, right. And and it was always a challenge, you know, uh, trying to balance time, you know, through, through family and everything. Um, uh, whenever I first started out in, in the early, Out a whole lot. Um, they uh, they really uh, really stepped up to the plate whenever I was gone and and made sure that the kids had what they needed and everything. Um, and then uh, whenever I met my whenever I ran back into my wife in uh, 2010, we got married or maybe it was 2011. And they got married in 2012. Um, you know, she's been my biggest supporter. She's been the one that keeps pushing me and pushing me. You know, and and y'all seen her out there on, on mm-hmm. coverage. Y'all seen her. Y'all seen her out there on the bag and and keeping me level headed and and everything out on the course and uh, you know it it has been really hard to uh, you know and without their support without without you know their their push you know like I never would be what I am now um, you know but whenever whenever uh, you know and and that's not even including my brothers you know mm-hmm. my brothers are a hundred percent behind everything that I've done it's just you know having that family support coming from a big family, um, you know, we, we knew what it was going to take for me to, to achieve my goals. Yeah. So, I, and everybody was on board. Uh, and, and again, some of the people you're mentioning, you think of Kale, who now is starting his family or has just a, you know, a few, few months ago, uh, Dave, whose you know, son is three or four years old. Again, 
all these years later, a lot of those guys are at that position in life, and you were fully immersed in it uh, already coming into the scene. It's just got to make it that much more difficult, like you said, adjusting your time and figuring out when you're coming and going. Now, when you looked at touring for that reason, and maybe even this conversation happened with Prodigy too, but when you started initially thinking about touring, what were some of those limitations? What were... You know, did you did you ever want to go or could you go for a month or two or three at a time? What were um, those conversations like? Yeah, they were the tough ones. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. I, I try to do uh, a couple of weeks out and then bounce back home, you know, because uh, with, with my kids and the way they were growing, man, you miss so much, you know, within just a couple of weeks, you know. So mm-hmm. I've never really stayed out on the road. Um, I've stayed kind of regional. I've, I've went to, uh, you know, some tournaments and then bounced back home. Um, but, but my wife always tells me to go, you know, she always tries to push me to, to be where I could be to make the, make the best of, uh, of the career, you know? So having her support, having my mom and dad support throughout the, all of it, um, you know, without them, I wouldn't be able to play as much as I have. Um, yeah, there were limitations. I wasn't able to go full time, you know, touring, leaving February and come back in October after the U S you know, that, that would have been ideal, but you know, and, and have, I've never really had the, the funds to put RV together and just say, Hey, you know what? I'm taking my whole family. We're going, you know, but so, but yeah, I've, I've been the more, you know, 12, 14 hours away from home, bounce back home. Um, at, at most, you know, and then, uh, the Maple Hill tournament was the first time I'd ever went over that, that limit. Um, you know, and it paid off. Um, it really did. So, um, and, and then it went more and more into, uh, you know, just going to, to the big events and making it to where I can go out and bounce back and forth. So, well, it's, it's been awesome seeing you. You're always, uh, provide one of the biggest smiles out on the course. Anytime someone sees you or just get, catches a, a glimpse of you from just about any distance, you're going to have a big smile and a, and a warm hug. We've always appreciated that. When you, you know, think about what you've been doing the, these last couple of years, bouncing around, playing these tournaments, you've also then had a new threshold. I'll say it. You're getting a little older. Uh, you're not as old as me and Johnny, but a new threshold. <laughs> what what has that been like juggling or thinking about MPO, MP40? What What factors into those decisions of where you want to go compete? Well, um, you know, my first year in MP40, I just kind of wanted to play the majors and, uh, you know, see how I can, like could put myself in position there um, until probably about four or five months into the season, uh, Ray Hill had, had told me about, um, you know, man, you're, you're kind of up there in the points championship, you know, and I was like, well, you know, I didn't, I didn't realize that, you know, that was a thing that they rewarded for all of that. So, um, whenever he told me that, uh, it kind of made me open my eyes to like, man, maybe I should push for this. This is something to be really cool. And if you, well, on the other side, if you look up, up here in the, in the background, that's the, uh, that's the trophy, the 2021, uh, uh, points champion. So, or maybe it was 2022. Yeah. The 22. So, but yeah, I won, I won the points championship. I chased it down and then, uh, um, last season I got started off slow. Uh, my, my wife had back surgery in, uh, in early in the year. So I didn't travel at all for the first few months of uh, the year, uh, to stay at home and take care of, of the home front, you know, mm-hmm. and make sure that everything was 
in place. So, um, but I still wound up second in points um, um, last year as well um, with a, a abbreviated season. Um, but yeah, that that for me now is the choice that it's more lucrative for me to play in the Masters because I can play and finish, you know, in fifth, sixth, or seventh in open and not make as much money as what the winner of Masters got. And it kind of got to me a couple of times. I was like, man, that was probably the wrong business decision, you know? <laughs> like, you know, I got I got a mouse to feed. So that's kind of how it, how it uh, you know, it's like – so, but, yeah, with, with being in the Masters – um, you know, I'm not quite looking at it as the ATM, just going and checking cash and checks, you know, but I also think that that's the best, the best for me as far as that goes. I would say so, because I'm looking at your, uh, MP40 record. And as far as I can tell, we'll say other than the, uh, I think a putting contest, uh, which is the XC you've cashed at every single sanctioned MP40 event you've ever played. You have not missed yeah, cash well, at an event. Uh, Climo calls that the reindeer games. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah, I was going to say, we don't even count them. No, <laughs> putting at Worlds. I, I mean, and, and it's, it's yeah, there, sure. but yeah, you're correct. We don't count it. And last year, you cashed and won uh, one, two, three, four, five MPO events. And, and you, you obviously cashed in all of the MPO events last year, but you also cashed in every MB40 event other than the skill shot at Masters Worlds last year. <laughs> the other reindeer Another game. reindeer game. <laughs> So I would I would say yeah, you, uh, financially you're making some good decisions. Yeah, like I said, it, it's been definitely better. Um, it, it's been two of the best years of my career. You know, moving into the Masters. Um, you know, I didn't pick up the game until I was 24 years old or something like that. 22, 24. You know, and and by the time I had ran into Eric Roadhouse and and those guys that that kind of took me underneath their wing. Um, you know, I I didn't realize that you know, you can make money at the sport, you know, until, <laughs> until they showed me. And then, uh, you know, after they, they took me in and, and showed me the ropes, um, that's whenever I started really getting the competitive edge of, of playing, you know. Um, I've always been competitive too, you know, and, and always wanted to be the best I could be in any anything that I did. Um, so, but, yeah, I mean, I, I have other things that, uh, you know, I still do. You know, I, I played – uh, last year, I played four travel softball tournaments. I played in uh, my first ever major cornhole event. Um, they have one of their major championships. I, and to explain that, like, I kind of got fifth place in rec is kind of how how <laughs> yeah. that worked out. <laughs> so they do a round robin. They do round robin and they uh, they seed you. You know, they have their top tier, which is their professionals, and then they have their second tier advanced, you know, and so on. So I was in, I was in tier three and got fifth place. So, um, that was pretty interesting. And then, uh, on top of that, I play APA pool. Damn. So, uh, which is an amateur pool, pool, uh, yeah. Amateur pool association. And, uh, I played into the regional event there and, uh, lost in the final table. Have you played pool against so, any of the other, uh, disc golfers that, that say they're very good Simon and Paul Ulibar? Uh, have, have, have you played against him, and how have you done? He's whooped him. I haven't. I haven't got a chance to play with Yuli. Um, I have played with uh, Simon uh, actually a few times when we were out on the road. That was one of our our things that we just kind of met up to do. Um, you know, he likes to to have one of those German beers from time to time and uh, <laughs> and shoot some balls around. So, um, 
yeah, I got to play with Simon. We're, we're, uh, we're pretty close. Mm. Like we, we can, like, I think he wound up winning the majority of the games, but he could tell I had game, you know, so. (laughs) Now (laughs) uh, with all that being said, I got to ask if, if somehow disc golf, uh, it didn't remain like your your most fruitful, lucrative path forward. If let's somehow disc golf just wasn't an option anymore, what would be the out of all those, or maybe a new one? What would be the thing you would then like most invest your time and energy and effort into? Like what what one would you be like? Okay, now uh, this one I'm going to take really serious to turn into possibly a career. Right, I would have to say cornhole probably. Okay. Um, the the repetitiveness of it, the uh, you know movements are a lot like the putt. As y'all know, I like the putt, so mm-hmm. um, I, I think that uh, I think the cornhole could be could be a backup plan. Um, I don't I don't I think I'm already past the uh, I guess the the curve of of the pool playing. I might not. I, I don't mm-hmm. think I would ever be able to be. You know the professional pool. I don't know if the eyesight's getting worse as the older I get, or if it's uh, you know um, what the case may be. But um, I do well, though. (laughs) Why do I have this sneaking suspicion you're like a a 200 average in bowling too? Is there any? I'm just making this up, but is there any any chance that's true? You're actually you're actually not making it up. Uh, Yeah, I I started bowling. Me and my wife did uh, on uh, couples league. And, uh, at first I used a house ball and bowed straight and my average was like, you know, one Oh five. And then I'm talking about, (laughs) and then I realized that you had to get a bowling ball and that Mm -hmm. you had to learn how to hit your spot. And, uh, by the time it was all said and done, I was probably a two Oh seven average. I think is what it was. Damn. So it it was, uh, but anything hand eye coordination, I've always been real good at. I've always been able to pick it up and, you know, I'm decent at darts. I'm, you know, I'm decent at pull. I'm decent at cornhole. I'm decent, you know, there, there's a, I mean, I can shoot a basketball well. I'm not the best shooter, but I, I, I played in my days. I used to play football, um, track and field, shot, put and disc. Like, you know, I mean, I've, I've done a lot of athletic. I've always been athletic in everything that I've done for the most part. Wow. All so, right. Well, now I think about the, the, again, the dabbling, the MP40, the business decisions of, you know, where you're going to make the most and what you're going to, what's going to feel the most fulfilling. Is there any, I'll, I'll call it, is there any MPO title that you're like, damn it, I, I still am going to go play MPO at this event because I want that championship title. Is there any that have eluded you? The, the only one that I could really, um, I think breakdown to make sense to go chase would be the USDGC. I felt like okay. that that course always um, it, it favored me because you have to place the disc, and I was really good at placing it in the fairways. Um, you know, so uh, my best finish there I think was nineteenth or twenty first or something, um, and, and I I felt like that that if there was one that I could get, that would probably have been the one. Um, with worlds the way the way it is now, it's it's going to be it would be hard for me to go on those stretched out courses and and kind of win a world championship through through that. But any kind of a major title, really, I mean, even in the MP40, I'm chasing those MP40 majors. Um, you know, ho- hopefully one day I'll break through and get one of those. 
Um, with Worlds being in uh, Kansas this year, it's going to be a little tough because, uh, you know, you got your Kells and Philos and guys that are throwing the disc still real well, Feldberg, that are getting them out there, you know. Um, I mean, I'm not taking anything away from my game. You know, I know I can throw the disc as well, you know, but being being that extra 70, 80 feet closer to the basket can make a big difference. Uh, yeah, most certainly. And then I, you know, everyone likes to say, well, when I get to masters, I'm going to dominate. Cause well, no, all the good people that were, you know, that were good when they were 30 or 35, if they're about the same age, they're still good at 40 or 41. And, uh, was, was there any, well, first of all, did you have any of that? Like I'm the young guy, I'm the fresh young blood on the, on the, on the block coming into the scene. You know, I'm going to be wiping up all these masters. Did you have any of that uh, thought at first? Uh- I did, um, you know, just because I, I knew that I felt like that, you know, if if I would have found the game younger, I would have been able to compete with, you know, the the Felbergs, the Jenkins, the Climos, the mm-hmm. Schultz, you know, um, you know, even the Pauls and the and the Rickies, you know, whenever they came about, like, you know, I still felt like if I would have got it at their age, I, I could have been there, you know, um, I could have, I felt felt that I had it what it took. Um, but I realized real quick that, uh, you know, the game is 90% half mental. <laughs> and, uh, you know, you get in your head and you, you tell yourself, well, this is a cakewalk. Uh, you know, it's not, not a cakewalk whenever you're standing on hole one and your name's getting called. Uh, and you've been there. What I love, I mean, your PDG number is what, 31473. Uh, so you've been there and watched – so much of the growth of our game uh just the fact that when you got you, you know the a tier and coming onto the scene or the national tour at the time coming onto the scene live coverage was just starting post production coverage hadn't even hit hit its stride yet seeing tournaments and thinking oh my god $1250 what a huge payout to today you're like oh man if i if i get in the top 20 i'm making maybe 1250 you know, in 20th place, like you've been there and experienced all of those different things. What, what is most exciting to you moving forward? And regardless of division, what excites you the most? Um, I, I'm really excited that, uh, you know, it seems like more and more money is getting into the masters, uh, Mm. the masters area, you know, um, I mean, do I think we'll ever be in the, you know, $30,000 paychecks like the uh, open for the championships? I don't know. Maybe not in my time, but maybe whenever, you know, Paul, Ricky and, and Isaac and Gannon and those kids get up there to, <laughs> to uh, you know, my age, they, they might still be able to play for that kind of money. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, um, I do feel that, you know, if I was, if I was in this career starting – now, whenever the pays like it is, I mean, I I, I could have made a, a really really decent living at mm-hmm. at throwing frisbee to where I mean I'm doing okay. I'm getting by, you know. Um, I don't live in no no big house, and I don't have a hundred car, you know, hundred thousand dollar car sitting out front or nothing. You know, my mm-hmm. my uh, Toyota Camry's Gary run it over three hundred thousand, and I've been in it for seven years now. So. Um, <laughs> But, uh, yeah, I think that the money, uh, the money could, I mean, going forward in the, in the masters, I think that it, it could be, be good for us. 
Yeah, there's always going to be a generation that's just missing it, right? Like, yeah. Like you know, by the yeah, by the time does. you know, yeah, when when when, when, when Dutch <laughs> is 55 and he's looking at those 40 year olds and they're making, you know, th- those those winners are pulling in 10, 15 grand an event, you're gonna be like, oh man. Well, when it gets to grandmasters, <laughs> that's my time. <laughs> yeah, I, we trust me. Absolutely. We all know. There's, I'm sure Climo feels the same way, right? Yeah, I, there there has oh, yeah. to be, you know, especially as you've dabbled in so many other sports or you're active in so many other sports. There has to still be maybe some gratification, some some excitement in the fact that like you were here and have been here and continue to be here in the early days of disc golf's explosion. Like you got to experience. Now you may not be getting that bag, so to speak, and getting the huge payout. Well, we don't know yet. He hasn't announced it. I'm just saying you You've got this experience, which doesn't pay all the bills, but you've got this experience. Well, that's got to say something, right? Like you could say to your kid, you know, back in my day, kids, we didn't, right. we didn't make six figures at a tournament. Right. Yeah. Um, I, I really do believe that uh, I've, I've had a good career. You know, mm-hmm. I've, I've got over, uh, you know, I mean, my accolades really show that, uh, you know, that I've, I've done well in what I've done and I've been successful. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm proud of the accomplishments that I have done. Yeah. Um, you know, I've, I've gotten, uh, many of, uh, many of wins underneath the, the prodigy belt. I know that they, uh, it, it really, if it wasn't for them, you know, a lot of the, the tournaments and stuff that I won that I wouldn't have even been at maybe. Sure. You know, I might have been at home having to work uh, work full time and and not be able to work part time and still jump out and go play the tour. Um, wow. You know, so you know, thank thankful to them for for everything that they did for sure. All right. Well, with that being said, also just to tack on to what you said, uh, PDGA wise, it shows you've played four hundred and five events. You have eighty eight wins, which is just some quick math tells me that's just shy of winning twenty five percent of the tournaments you've entered. Uh, and that even includes, you know, some amateur events uh, and whatnot. And it's incredible to see those kinds of numbers. Obviously, like you said, creeping on that 100 win mark, which is a very small company of people that have gotten to that uh, milestone. So it's incredible. Uh, and then in the 2023 season, even only when you're just dabbling, you were uh, still sixth in the global masters ranking. So uh, incredible to see. And for the second week in a row, we have the pleasure of setting you up for what is a Smashbox exclusive and you telling us for 2024, who is Dutch Napier, Batman's disc golf manufacturing sponsor? That, uh, that, that'd be the reason I have this guy on. Ah. Oh, going to Lone Star <laughs> Disc. I'm making you sweat it out all this time. I feel bad now. <laughs> he's sitting in front of a fireplace <laughs> with a coat on. <laughs> he's like, God, I'm sweating yeah. here. All that because you, you were hiding. Yes. <laughs> that is yeah, awesome. I'm, Congratulations. I'm, uh, uh, tell us about it. Appreciate it. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm excited. Um, I have a... Uh, I have a, a fellow named uh, Sam Copley. He's been agenting for me, and he's been uh, going out and getting sponsors for me. And uh, he worked out a deal with Lone Star that was uh, well above what Prodigy was uh, willing to do for me. Um, so, uh, you know, after uh, after nine years, I kind of kind of expected them to kind of step it step it back to the to the good side and uh, continue. But um, you know, 
their their uh their uncontinued support would be thankful to uh be able to move forward and and now i get to learn new disc um i'm excited um it's been a long time since i've been excited about going out and throwing the disc and finding out what they do you know because i've been throwing the same bag for so long um you know i might even still have disc in my bag that you filmed at uh at maple hill that <laughs> yeah. 2000 like <laughs> but uh no nah, I'm, I'm just excited um there's a lot of good things going on um i have some other sponsors as well that are going to help out and uh um, we, you know, with Prodigy, uh, it was a carry Prodigy bag, you know, where, where our clothing and, and mm -hmm. everything. So, um, with that, uh, I get to branch out and, uh, do some other things as well. So, uh, I'm super excited about that. Excellent. Well, uh, you know, we, we've seen obviously Lone Star just come into the scene in the last couple of years. Uh, we've seen a very aggressive approach in terms of their sponsorship. Uh, they picked up a, a bunch of superstars that we saw, uh, beginning of the 2023 season. And then we saw them make a few more shifts and adjustments. A few people left the team and a few people got added to the team. And so I feel like that is i'll say business as usual um and i think they're i feel like from an outsider perspective it feels like they're trying to find their own as to where they're going to align who they're going to align with and then they're continuing to develop all these new products when you, were you surprised maybe about prodigy and being with them for so long were because you weren't necessarily actively looking for new sponsorship were you surprised that Prodigy maybe didn't come to the table with what you expected uh, after such a long tenure? Um, yeah, I mean, I, I thought I was going to be a lifer. Um, you know, I mean, you hear people say it all the time, but, you know, I, I really do believe that um, I, I was going to be throwing Prodigy discs for the rest of my career. I don't know how much of a career I have left. You know, I'm, I'm getting older and stuff starts to hurt and, you know, you, you wake up each day and you roll over the bed wrong and now you hurt. So, um, <laughs> you know, I, I didn't know how much more time in my career I had. And, and I was kind of surprised that they wouldn't keep pushing forward with me and, and moving through the, uh, through the sponsorship. And, um, but, uh, I'm, I'm also excited about opening new doors. Um, you know, I've, I've got to meet a bunch of new people already. Um, I did make a trip down to the factory uh, last week, uh, took my son down with me, and he did a little bit of uh, some video and stuff for me. So you'll see some new content coming out soon, I'm sure. Um, and uh, meet, meeting the guys at the at the factory, man, all of them are great. You know, uh, Travis and Terry was awesome to meet. Uh, you know, Sheldon and Nick working in the in the warehouse and taking care of Sinjin, doing all the – uh, you know, media stuff and everything. And, uh, Brittany and, and Debbie, like they're all just, they're great people down there. So good. Now, uh, what are some of the things, uh, first of all, I love to hear you say how you're excited. That's, that's a theme you with a lot of players that get a new bag and now you have this newfound mm -hmm. excitement and you have to learn the new disc. Uh, what are some of the things that, you know, you talked about opportunities. Uh, can you share with us what's exclusive to, Lone Star, you know, where you have to, you know, I'll say fall in line or, or perform, um, not perform, uh, where your alignments are, other sponsorships, things like that. Like, where's your flexibility and what are some of the things you're looking to do? Um, yeah, they're, they're, uh, 
they're letting me go with any other kind of sponsor I want. And uh, oh, look, I, I dropped a tripod. I bumped the table. <laughs> yeah, you no, know. I'm just Hold kidding. On. Let me get you set back up. Love it. How's that work? Okay, so, perfect. All right. Oh, okay. Oh, Squatch bag. Uh, I get to carry the Squatch bag for the first time. Man, okay. I've never put wings on Terry. They're great. Okay. They, they feel awesome on the back. I got so, one right behind uh, the skirt here. Really, yeah. And then okay. uh, there's a crushed disc golf. This is going to be uh, my my new uh, disc store sponsor out of Evansville, Indiana. Okay. Um, cool. And then uh, also, too, I got to, you know, it's always about growing the sport and getting more people involved. Um, CLC Sportswear, um, they're involved with cornhole. They're involved with softball. Mm. Um, they do jerseys and everything. And uh, they're uh, they're looking to do my jerseys for me this year. So I also have that that going on. And then, of course, uh, Sam Coakley, who's doing my agent stuff, is also doing my tie-dye and uh, sit custom dies. Damn. Oh wow, so, that looks nice. Uh, yeah, he uh, he already sent me a few. And it, Terry, you know, I got one of these laying around everywhere. <laughs> I love uh, nice. <laughs> so, but uh, and then I don't, I don't know if I am I allowed to show this. Yeah, sure. Yeah, we do whatever we want here. Uh, <laughs> nice. I'm right. playing a game of whack fuck out here. That's right. <laughs> so yeah, Sam Sam Coakley, sick custom dies. Um, you know, he, he's really, he's really took, took real, uh, kind of me, man. And he's really taking care of me. Um, you know, he, uh, he's really, really looked at my best interest. You know, he's not asked for a thing out of me. You know, he, he has, uh, has been agenting for me for, for the kindness of his, of his heart, you know, wow. like, just, you know, he's reached out to a bunch of different companies trying to get a hold of them to, to see if they would be willing to, to sponsor me or willing to, you know, make the move forward and, and go. So, um, it's, it's really awesome of him to, to take the time out of his day. You know, he, he works a full-time job. He dies discs for the other half of the time, you know? So, um, you know, I really appreciate all the time and efforts that he's put in for me. So, but yeah, Sid custom dies, man. They got, he's a great guy. If you ever need anything done up, like he's got you. Yeah. That's amazing. Cause I don't think, I've ever seen a Lone Star die disc. I've seen a lot of die discs, and, and you know, I've seen a lot of Lone Star discs, but I don't know if I've ever seen a Lone Star die disc, which is funny. I was just thinking that the combination has never hit me. So that's amazing. That's what a and and they looked so good. They were very vibrant. Yeah. And oh yeah, yeah. He, that that plastic takes real well. You know, it, it it's like I said too. It's just awesome that he already had them to me before. I even went to the factory, you know, the guys at the factory were, you know, we're seeing them, uh, and we're super stoked too already, you know, Oh, he's already got dyes in his bag. So, but yeah, Sam, Sam got them out to me, uh, right away since he knew that I was going to Lone Star. Now with that, uh, just to make a, a full clarification, obviously Lone Star came into the market with a ton of molds. Sometimes when a newer company comes in, they they don't have a full requirement of exclusively throwing their molds. Where where what are your obligations? Where is your kind of your agreement with what you're going to be doing? Yeah, um, I mean, like you, you know as well as I do, Terry, the loyalty man. Like I'm I'm loyal. Um, if I give you my word, it's my word. Um, but uh, yeah, the loyalty of it, I feel like I, I'm throwing 100% Lone Star no matter what, if they gave me the option to throw other stuff or not. You know, uh, okay. the, I've, I've always been been a loyal guy as, as far as that goes, you know. I mean, 
um, having, having that as a, I guess as a person, like, I don't know, I wouldn't say personality, but as a, it's a uh, great trait, uh, it's accolade, a personality you know, trait. trait. Yeah, yeah sure. Mm-hmm. And certainly um, a, a personal yeah. value and, and, uh, yeah, a, a very respectable one at that. And then some, so yeah. Okay. So fully committed, yeah, then, uh, in terms of exclusively throwing Lone Star, I got to ask, is there, is there any just one or two or even three molds that have jumped out at you so far as like, yeah, these are, these are a couple of, uh, of givens that are going right into the bag. Yeah, the Texas Ranger, uh, it's kind of just your straight straight mid-range, um, you know, what you look for whenever you're trying to go into tight woods, you know, Kentucky golf. Mm-hmm. Um, that uh, that, and then uh, the uh, Brazos is okay. uh, overstable fairway, and the penny putter feels, feels great. So I've, I've been using it to putt with. So the penny putter will be my go-to putter. Um, and unless it starts to act different in the winds or anything like that, but they, they have a, a good backbone to it, I guess, as far as the Benny, which is, uh, just has a small bead on it, but it has the same, like just a little bit more stability and should fight the wind a little bit better if it gets too bad. Okay. And now, so, but yeah, but, oh, and then, uh, the bayonet, the bayonet is the distance driver that, uh, that I'll be throwing. Okay. Uh, with that, is there any other, so you're, you're obviously your discs all exclusively Lone Star, uh, you get mentioned a couple of the other sponsors. Is there any other sponsorship you're still open to? I mean, it, a hat sponsor, which I know you've once I'm, had or, a, uh, outerwear umbrella, whatever. It was like, is there any other sponsorship? If somebody's watching and thinking, yeah, I'd, I'd like to get on board and, uh, and support Dutch and, and partner up with them. Is there any other needs outside of a, outside of a gas station gift card. Cause everybody wants those for the gas, but is there any other needs yeah, right. uh, you're looking to have fulfilled? Um, I don't know if you know, but you see the, the Batman, my wife has been buying these things for me for years, bro. And I got probably 75 different Batman hats. I mean, I got one for, I mean, I could probably wear the same one for three months, you know, or different uh-huh. ones for three months. So, uh, but, uh, no, I mean, I'm open to anything, you know, and, uh, okay. Sam Coakley, like I said, he, he's been working out all my deals. Uh, you know, I've, I've reached out to other companies, uh, as well, you know, uh, some, a little, the hand drying, uh, some okay. well sack or maybe, you know, I mean, um, a, a disc retriever or, you okay. know, that's, that's the thing with having, with having Lone Star, you know, they don't make all these different things to where, prodigy did so like with prodigy it was like okay well you use a prodigy retriever or you use you know the the chalk bags or you Mm -hmm. you you know so with with, uh with this it's kind of a blessing in disguise because i get to meet and be on so many more different levels you know okay so but yeah i mean i'm i'm open to anything um as far as uh any more help you know i'm i got room on my jersey to put put anybody down you know uh i was talking to somebody about how nascar does it you know nascar does your big sponsor on the hood mm-hmm. you know and then and then your littler sponsors goes on the fender well and then there's littler sponsors that are underneath the car that you don't even see so i mean i got all the pit room all <laughs> over you know like i mean <laughs> i'm just saying i mean we can work something out <laughs> yeah plenty, plenty of, la- uh, of real estate i don't uh, think i oh. want to know where your hood is in all um in all of its glory i do feel like this is appropriate to ask 
and it was asked on the board, can can the world see your smash backs, your wow, smash smash box tattoo? Wow. Uh, it, that's in an appropriate spot. Uh, <laughs> that, I've seen it, but it, can it, the world it see is. it? It is an appropriate spot. Let me see if I can make it work. I don't know. I'm kind of pinched up over in this corner here, so I, 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 you have to tell me if. Uh, there it see. is, ah, up a little, saw, just up a little. There it is, uh, right, uh, right below the Mace Man right tattoo. On those ripped calves. Oh, right those are some Mace nice calves. Dang, you've been tossing hey, some hey. Uh, bags around. <laughs> <laughs> there it is, folks. Yes, yeah, as far as we know. You're the only person, like Johnny and I don't even have Smashbox tattoos. I don't tattoos. have any tattoos, Either but if I, I did, I might get a Smashbox one. But you're the only person we know of on the planet that has one. Thank you. Yeah, and I'd get it, I would get it again. I got that thing uh, not, long, not long after uh, yeah. the Maple Hill thing, um, just because, uh, you know, I felt that that was a big uh, milestone in my career is being on live coverage. You know, that was huge mm-hmm. to me. You know, and uh, so so I just I felt like it needed to be done. Well, it's uh, I'm gonna smash it's, you for life, Harry. Dude, we we, we appreciate, appreciate that it 100%. so much. Yeah, <laughs> you're you're more dedicated to the brand than we've been. So. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's, anyway. the, that's the loyalty. Like I said, you see my loyalty all the time, right? Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, <laughs> it, it's uh, no, honestly, it's. Uh, it's funny to think where we've all come from and how that was just 10 years ago and, and what disc golf was like and what, uh, sponsorships were like. And now here we are, you know, in multiple phases later <laughs> on so many different levels in so many different regards of our sport. And, you know, us, us three aging gentlemen, all still sitting around and enjoying disc golf the ways we are. Love so, it. Absolutely love it. Right. Uh, Dutch, uh, I, I just took a real quick look, and, I, and maybe you can expand on it before we let you go. Uh, if people want to see you throwing that brand new Lone Star plastic, uh, tell us a little bit about what we should expect in 2024. Where where might we see you out out there battling? Um, yeah, I'm going to be out playing on the the Masters tournaments. I'm going to play on the the Disc Golf Master Tour, uh, playing you know quite a few of those events. Uh, the ones that make uh, the the most sense for me, uh, mm-hmm. you know, and my family for my you know my financials. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to be playing at both the uh, both the majors, um, the Tim Solinsky's and the U.S. Major or the U.S. Masters Worlds. Okay. Yep. yep. Um, so and then uh, I'll be playing in a bunch of the A tiers and all all kinds of different regions. I'm gonna be trying to chase them down. I start off in uh, in Florida for the Tallahassee Open in uh, in a couple of weeks. So we're gonna try to get these discs tuned in and uh, make sure I can score and and get going. And then uh, I'm gonna do quite a few local events, man. I, I feel like I've stepped away from my local scene quite a bit, mm-hmm. and uh, I kind of want to get back to the roots and kind of take over the take over the area again and uh, make sure that. Uh, you know, Lone Star understands that they didn't just buy Dutch Napier. They bought the region, you know. Um, I got a region that will stay behind me, you know, through and through. So, um, you know, all the people that were behind me throwing throwing with the star on, I'm, I'm just going to a new star. So exactly. hopefully they'll they'll uh, understand and, and they'll, uh, you know, make the transition with me. 
That's an awesome attitude. Yeah, uh, exactly. And and we we know that you know people love brands, but they are certainly endeared and 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 pulled in by the person, the human, the the loyalist, uh, whatever the case might be. Uh, and uh, of course, Lone Star getting an incredible representative in yourself. So uh, I gotta say, you know, thank you. Like you said, the loyalty, uh, the way I've seen you out there grinding and pushing and playing and and going through these stages of your career has been inspiring to myself and to a lot of other people and uh, to have you think of us and have conversations with us and exclusively announcing new sponsorship here with us tonight uh is certainly means a lot to us as well uh is there any anything else you'd like to say to uh any of the the world out there before we let you go here tonight um, yeah, man, I just want to say thanks to my wife, Nikki. Um, she's been, like I said, supportive of me for my career. Um, my mom and dad, um, I love you. <laughs> Thank you for everything. Um, all my kids, uh, Zachary, Brighton, Caitlin, uh, Tiana, and DJ, like, thank you all. And then my brothers for pushing me to be the meanest and best I can. That's what they've done, you know, so. <laughs> Um, I just try to keep pushing on and, and, uh, you know, hopefully they're proud of me. Um, that's, that's my, my main goal. If those people are proud of me, Terry, I'll keep doing it until the day I die. Well, they'd be silly and crazy to not be proud of you. It's, uh, it's been an incredible journey to watch so far. We thank you for your time. We want everyone to go out and support you. What's the best way that they can support you, uh, in terms of you and your new Lone Star partnership? Is that dis specifically online or, or getting them right from you? What, what are some of the best ways they can support you, buddy? Um, as of, as of right now, I'm going to be doing, uh, doing a, a tie dye release with my logo on them. Okay. Um, they'll be all over my Facebook, I'm sure. Uh, and then I think we got it in the works where Lone Star is going to be selling some things for me on their website. So just keep an eye out on social medias and, uh, see what's popping and see, see what's coming out. Um, I know Crush Disc Golf is going to have some stuff on their website too, um, I'm going to have some new jerseys coming out. So any, any of that that you buy will help support and keep me out on tour. Um, you know, and, and that's just, uh, that's what I got. Wow. If that's what you got, that's what we're taking. Uh, the Squatch the, the bags. I'll have some, uh, I'll have some uh, discount codes on those as well. Um, all that, like I said, just keep up with me on social media. We'll push it as much as I can and, uh, you know, make it as lucrative as I can. And, uh, We'll, we'll keep pushing forward and keep getting to the tournament. So, um, and if they want to reach out to uh, any kind of a lesson or anything, whenever I'm in their town, if they see that I'm coming to their town, please reach out. You know, I, I love teaching. I love coaching. Uh, I've coached a lot of the pros. I've co- coached Ams. I've coached beginners. So, you know, any, anybody that's looking to better their game, um, I'm, I'm coaching a guy in Hawaii right now that I've never had a, a chance to uh, even do a hands-on-hand, you know, uh, lesson with that uh, he's already seen improvements in his game. So, um, yeah, just reach out. Well, damn, this guy does it all. You probably got to go like I don't know, protect Gotham or something yet tonight here uh, <laughs> with all the work you're doing, Dutch. We uh, wish you the uh, best. Looking forward to seeing you out there more in 2024. Congratulations on Lone Star and all of your new partnerships and alignments. Uh, that everyone's getting a a damn good representative in yourself. And uh, thanks for joining us tonight. Have a good one, pal. Yeah, you too, Terry. Thank you so much. Thanks, Johnny. Of course. Thanks, Dutch. Take care. Good night. A phenomenal human being in Dutch. Like, it's just, you can't say 
enough good things about that guy, and he's right. Like, just his enthusiasm, his support, and everything is, yeah. has always been... I, I can't wait to see the Dutch Napier jersey. Yeah, it's, uh, it's going to be... Uh, well, you know it's going to be colorful and exciting because when you're teaming up with some of those, uh, you know, full dye sublimation companies that can just literally put everything mm-hmm. on your jersey, and the fact that they, uh, you know, work within the the bags community, uh, and, and maybe he could uh, be one of our softball. first big cross athletes. You know, like I, Bo Jackson, we we got a we got a Dutch Napier. He does disc golf and bags. I I'm uh, I'm all about it. All right, uh, again, thank you yet again to Batman Dutch Napier for joining us. Uh, in just a moment, uh, we're being held up by me for a moment. I am going to send over a special code to another representative, someone else who has managed to uh, find himself in a new sponsorship spot. And, of course, we're talking about Gannon Burr, another one of the um, highly anticipated and talked about uh, movements since uh, making a note a few months ago or a few weeks ago about uh, leaving his sponsor in Prodigy. And uh, now we found where he landed. Yeah, we did. Uh, We also found out today. (laughs) I don't know. I don't know if to say the poor guy. Um, Alden Harris today (laughs) announced that he was going to Discmania as well um just a little overshadowed yeah it's, i mean it's a hot time uh, i mean it's hard it's hard to balance uh the we'll say uh the announcements because alden announced and eagle announced very close to the same time and clearly with eagle being has as Big as he is, it kind of overshadowed Alden's announcement a little bit. But it was—it's an important announcement because Alden is um, one of the uh, one of our brightest young faces on tour, and he's one of the people that's putting himself out there mm-hmm. more than anybody. So, just that signing alone today, I think, is going to have some really big ripples that maybe a lot of people might be overlooking at this point. Yeah, it's easy to not necessarily uh, understand the full impact of all the things that he can do on the course and off the course and i think uh yet another really bright and uh incredible pickup over there by the guys at Discmania, and one of the guys that's going to be featured mm. in some of that alden content maybe and uh or maybe not maybe 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 their friendship will end i don't know i <laughs> i'm sure they're going to keep us guessing but none other than one gannon burr joining us on the show gannon Congratulations. How you yeah. doing? I'm I'm so excited. It's so awesome to have I mean new discs, my friends on the team. It's kind of the dream situation. You like uh, uh both of our previous two guests have to be getting inundated and having these conversations. What's been the most repetitive? I'll I'll ask it then as well. What's been like the most repetitive thing that you've been addressing or talking about? Uh, that you want to put out there with this new sponsorship? Oh, gosh. Uh, I don't even know. I mean, there's so many things that are awesome. I mean, from the new discs I'm going to be playing with, like on the disc golf side of it, um, you know, I, I'm going to have a lot of fairway driver selection now and some really good distance drivers as well, um, where I, I, I'll have a bunch of slots opened up in my bag. I feel like I've never, uh, you know, I, I, prodigy, I feel like I had two usable fairway drivers. Mm. and 
Now at Discmania, I think, I mean, I, I'm having a very hard time deciding <laughs> because there's like 10 molds that or 10 different ones that I could bag and, and make them all work. But, you know, I, I usually only carry like 8 to 20 discs or sorry, 18 to 20 discs. <laughs> and so I, I can't bag them all. Uh, so that's kind of a little bit of a frustrating part, I guess. Um, <laughs> but, you know, I've, I've already noticed the drivers going just a little bit further, holding lines a little bit better. And so that's that's nice to have. Um I think my my forehand will definitely uh, increase distance just purely based off the discs I have now. Um, and so that'll be helpful on tour for sure. Um, but in terms of just like other stuff, uh, I mean, my my agreement, we're going to be having some uh, obviously Ganonbird discs coming soon. And so that's okay. really exciting. It'll, it'll be my first ever, you know, disc that I help kind of co-design in a way. And uh, that way I can kind of share with the people what I am looking for in a disc. And then obviously got my friends Alden and Gavin and Kyle on on the team, and so it's it's going to be a pretty fun year. And I think I think it's going to be a very successful year. Hopefully that we can. Uh, I guess you know we're the young guns, and so we we might not have as much of a presence on social media yet as the Simons, the Eagles, and of the world. But I think we can definitely uh, work our way up there, and with our play as well. Uh, you know, obviously me and Kyle both have a U.S. championship. Alden is top 15 in the world and Gavin's been improving every single year he's been on tour. And so he's only been going up and I I think it's just going to be a very, very uh, fun filled year. Uh, You know, I'm staying in Airbnbs with Alden, Gavin and Isaac. And so to have majority disc mania in the house will be, it'll be fun to kind of talk, talk discs again, Uh, you know, probably steal each other's discs and stuff, (laughs) but uh, it'll be, it'll be a very fun year. So the, the discs that you're talking about making with disc mania, um, are we talking putter, mid-range, fairway, distance? Like what if what are you looking for? What would be what would you love to be your first type of disc? Uh yeah, I'm we're so we're actually kind of still deciding on what uh I guess I'm going to be making and or like kind of like what I want the idea of the disc to be. Uh but the goal is obviously um you know, I'm I'm known for my putting, so the goal is to have a putter eventually. And so uh you know, we're going to hopefully be working on that real soon and and get that released as soon as we can. Um, and, uh, you know, kind of maybe I'm, I'm between like overstable approach disc or like good straight to overstable mid range. Those are my two. I'm kind of, kind of debating about, obviously I said all the, I mean, Discmania has so many fairway drivers. There'd be, there'd be no need to make another one of those. Um, and the distance drivers are really good. Uh, unless, unless I think of something else, those are probably my main two or three discs. What when you think about a perfect putter or the components of a p- perfect putter, like what is in that recipe? What are the what are those ingredients that you're going to put together to come out with a putter that you absolutely love? What are some of the components and parts of that? So obviously, have it be a putting putter is going to be the main thing. Um, and so for me, I need to have a bead on the bottom of the disc and also have. Um, I mean, it's going to be made in different flexes. So if people want to get a soft version of it, they probably mm. can. But I will specifically, uh, gosh, I can't even speak, specifically be putting with a stiffer one. Um, I like my putters as stiff as I can get them because okay. when it gets hot outside, I don't want it like bending in my hand at all. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, I think, and I like how uh, hard putters beat up too. They, they Once they beat up for a couple weeks, they get this like really tacky kind of chalky feeling, which I like. Um and so, you know, and Dismania has been so awesome to work with because uh, of like all the technology they have. Um, I mean, they can make uh, custom runs. They can make 
they can make an entire run, you know, they can modify it to be like, oh, you know, we'll make this run of this more overstable. And so they they can do that stuff. They have these, you know, new technologies coming out uh, in the future. And there's just a lot of a lot of cool stuff on the way. Um, but back to the putter. Yeah, definitely a beaded putter. I want it to be a good throwing putter, too. And so that kind of has to do with uh, the stability it needs to be low glide and overstable. That way for my for my putt, I can be in circle one. And I kind of just treat it as a like a beanbag toss, basically. That's what kind of what I tell myself is because mm-hmm. just go up and down, take the glide out of play, and you'll you won't you know miss as much usually. Um, and uh, it's good for a circle two because you can run at full speed and not go too far past. Uh, but yeah, and even like have it be a good forehand approach butter. And so the way you know the way like the inside of the rim will be shaped can also affect that. So we'll get it dialed in. I'm, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, part of the clearly is it's very busy weekend that led into today as well. Uh, what do you make of the? I don't want to call it chaos, but what do you make of the excitement when we see where Eagle McMahon announces officially and where he goes? Uh, Eagle leaving Discmania, and then with a whole rush of excitement, you pulling into Discmania. What do you just kind of make of like the state of our game in the sense that like two of our top players on the planet, you and Eagle, uh, swapping sponsors where you're going to where he once was and he's going somewhere entirely different? What do you make of all that? Uh, it's interesting. I mean, like we all, we all kind of like run run the course, I guess. I mean, there's kind of like that. Uh, people call it like whatever year rule, like the 10 year rule, like you can't get to 10 years with the same company because whatever, you know? Mm-hmm. And so, you know, obviously me and Eagle bet at our, our old sponsors for a long time. I think I was seven and he was like nine years. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, well, I mean, one of the best ways in your career to like make a big, uh, make a big, uh, I guess, splash in your popularity and just get people talking about you and a new brand change is just switching companies because there's so many more outlets that you can have. And, it's kind of a a new hype. And, um, you know, I was definitely, that's definitely important for me. I was thinking like, I for sure, you know, definitely needed to make a change in a company because that hype's going to build up there. And, um, I, and landing at Dismania is like, was pretty much my top, my top option. And so it's, like I said, it's kind of the dream situation. Uh, I've got two big questions. (laughs) First of all, uh, let's talk about the, the, the trolling you fed into all of the conversations it felt like a lot of people were speculating and guessing and claiming they knew and they were reading all the the alleged uh um uh clues and everything else and then you'd come out and you'd show an in of a disc uh in front of an mvp basket or whatever it was like or go into a collector's page yeah and, and ask them <laughs> questions like you fed into it how <laughs> what was what was part of your thought process there were you just excited to troll everybody uh yeah well because i mean not many or did you want to it. throw them off <laughs> yeah well yeah i, I did I, I mean it's for, for some reason in disc golf and or maybe this it's this way everywhere else but you know the rumors are usually true when it comes to like players switching companies and so uh obviously i had the rumor of me going to disc mania and so mm-hmm. if i could like i guess throw off people just a little bit uh, i definitely didn't throw off that many people but uh, I think, I think it was kind of funny to do. Um, you know, I had, I kind of figured like, I'm not going to be able to do this for at least another three years. So I might as well do it right now, <laughs> especially cause I'm still like some people consider a kid. So like I can get away with it. Um, oh. but 
you know, they, they were fun to do because it, I got like hundreds of comments and sometimes thousands of interactions on the posts. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then like my Instagram story where I had like uh, with the Innova disc and then the MVP basket, I, um, I called my dog over into the window. Cause that was the, the story was like, Oh, my dog's watching me play disc golf. <laughs> and I was like, Hey, come over here. And then she, she went in the window and then I propped up the disc and like, kind of made it seem like i accidentally showed it you know <laughs> i don't i don't know and or like hey maybe that would have got people thinking i was going to like an open bag company you never uh-huh. know so it's like, yeah I, all I did, of those things i did were see sad. that yeah. yeah exactly so uh definitely were able leaving, to play into it my, yeah and then like my leaving posts i like used five different taglines from companies yeah which was yeah. Kind of fun. which drove it w- I feel like this, the silliest part about that was the people that only heard one tagline and then yeah. they're like, oh, that's it. It's like, they're no, like, oh, he, <laughs> he said five of them. Uh, it yeah. clearly was, he was trying to, again, like just yeah. some, some next level trolling. Uh, that was great. Now, maybe you could set a record straight. Can you confirm that last year when there was a discussion about you potentially leaving and there were some announcements even made and then things were kind of pulled back and then a lawsuit was was pending and and such, uh, Discmania was, in fact, the front runner last year. Is that is that true? I'm not going to answer at this time. <laughs> okay. Uh, fair yeah, enough. I, I don't know if I should talk about it because okay. the whole legal situation and stuff. I mean, you're just a kid. Nobody can. Yeah. Uh, no. uh, okay, fair enough. Uh, is, then, is there some sort of minor, <laughs> minor rule or something? No. So then I'll I'll, uh, I'll pivot over to kind of a similar but different question, which is uh, in ha- being being out of contract as of you know the end of 2023, and then having conversations. Uh, is it fair to say multiple companies were were lobbying offers at you? Um, can you, yeah? Can you elaborate on? conversations or companies that you talked to or things that, you know, led you to choose disc mania over someone else. Like what you're on the market. You're one of the, you know, the, the brightest superstars we have, we have to assume everyone was coming after you. Yeah. Um, I'm not going to name any companies specifically, but, uh, it, it actually all started at, uh, USDGC. I talked to a company, mm-hmm. uh, before the tournament and I, I got an offer that was, pretty solid right then and there. And Ooh. so it made the leveraging really easy because it wasn't, and I, so I don't use any, I didn't use an agent for any of this. Okay. Um, it was just myself and, you know, me asking my mom what she thought, stuff like that. Um, and then she helped with more like the, uh, uh, the lawyer and attorney stuff mm-hmm. on that side when they uh, would eventually look over the contract. But I did, I did pretty much all of the negotiation. Um, you know, I'm not, I'm not scared to, I guess, say what I want. Uh, that what I want to have an agreement that way I can sign it and we can both be happy mutually. Uh, but yeah, I got that offer pretty early in the off season and then had a, had a couple more companies reach out to me and connect to me and got a couple more offers. And then it, it eventually got down to two companies that were kind of fighting over me. Uh, one of them being a really small company actually. And so there were some very interesting, I guess, uh, I don't know. It's like ideas that we're going to, I, mm-hmm. uh, we're in the contract offer, I guess, with the smaller company. And so, uh, it, it made the decision really tough, but then, uh, you know, overall this man, came back. Um, you know, they definitely listened like what I had to say and what I wanted in a contract. And they, 
you know, it, it showed me that they, I guess, respect me and they, they wanted to really make it work. And so I, I appreciated that. And, you know, it's just a green flag whenever I can, you know, I could text, you know, Austin Montgomery right now and he could respond in about five seconds if I wanted to. So um, getting, getting responses on questions I had was like so quick. I mean, mm. usually it was less than five minutes. I get an answer back. And that was really, 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 really awesome because it made the process super quick. And, uh, you know, awesome. Awesome. Montgomery's an awesome guy. He, he made the negotiation process really easy because, you know, he's, he's like a friend to me and, mm -hmm. You know, the, the way we were able to talk back and forth, it didn't, it didn't feel forced. It didn't feel even like too professional in a way. And so it was almost more productive because we felt more comfortable with each other. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, everyone at the Dismania who works there is just so awesome. And like I said, Gavin and Alden on the team and Kyle, it's just going to, it's going to be so, so amazing. Excellent. What, uh, what's all in your contract? What, what does it consist of? Uh, I can't like say too much. I mean, it's obviously a three-year deal. Just hold it up to the um, camera, then. If you can't say anything, <laughs> we'll read it. Yeah. <laughs> okay, share with uh, us because that's what everybody wants, right? Everybody wants the deets. Like, give us yeah. the down and dirty. Share with us everything you you can or are comfortable sharing. Then, uh, uh, I'll just say like so. Like, what I look for in a contract is a good base salary and a good bonus structure. Okay, uh, those are my my main two things. Also. Uh, I was able to get the Squatch bag deal. So that was another okay. component that kind of add, added some more uh, revenue for me as well. Mm -hmm. And uh, not just that, but it also uh, expands my brand through a different you know, company. Mm -hmm. So that was really cool. And I'll have a signature bag out uh, this year, hopefully pretty soon uh, with Squatch. Uh, but yeah, my deal uh, is three years and I will have a couple of Ganon Bird discs that will be coming out. And obviously a tour series uh, every year, uh, you know, just like Kyle Klein's Midnight Prowl one, two, and then you, sure. you guys know all of them. Yeah. So I'll, yeah. I'll have that same same situation basically. Um, I think that's pretty much all I can say. I mean, <laughs> there's, I mean, it's pretty typical contract. There's not too much more. I just can't disclose any of that, you know, okay. real specific numbers or anything. Well, we, uh, I was just going to say, just do us a favor, since you, especially since you can't talk about it. Just blink if it's worth <laughs> more than a million a year. <laughs> Uh, we, we'll wait here until I mean, later. you're gonna blink at some point. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay, the, okay, the okay. uh, I mean, it sounds like the common thread. We just had Dutch Napier on, uh, right before you, and he had talked about when he, now with him leaving Prodigy, opening up the opportunities for other sponsors because it sounded like with Prodigy, you were relatively locked into the a lot of the different Prodigy products, so you now have a bag sponsor with you know, with Squatch, what else are you looking for? Like, or, or are you in talks with anybody else about other sort of sponsors, whether it's anything from a, you know, like a, a, chalk, bag. a chalk bag or shoes, shoes or, or apparel. clothing? Yeah. Um, I, a lot of it's actually still getting worked out right now. I'm just kind of trying to uh, figure out what, what I can and can't do. Um, I guess I wasn't super prepared on that side, but I mean, I we we talked through it all. Everything's, I just need to like, remember what happened so sure uh i do have a uh chalk bag sponsor it is uh chump chalk bags uh i know uh at least last year gavin uses them aaron gossage uses them paul uliberry uses them uh and gavin rathbun kind of got me hooked on them a couple years ago mm. and uh you know 
the girl who makes them can she sends a ton to me and then i can you know give them away to people and kind of kind of spread the chalk bag love a lot of people uh you know started to use my tactic of checking the win with a couple puffs <laughs> Uh, you know, you, you don't really see that before me. And so it's kind of cool to see that happen and, uh, kind of, kind of grow that brand as well. Cause obviously that's chalks a big, a big part for my mental health, I guess. Um, <laughs> and your routine. Yeah. Your routine and routine. mental health. Yeah. yeah. So like, I, I don't use chalk ever in practice rounds. I don't even touch chalk. And then in tournaments, I'm like, well, my grip's a little sticky and I grip it. Well, that's stupid. I should use chalk. So I don't know. It's it's like your safety blanket. It's like a safety blanket. Like yeah, you know, your, yeah. your little uh, comforter. Uh-huh. I'm, I'm trying to find a way to get my, my – I want to, like, play good but also prove people wrong, I guess, in a way, to where, like, I, I come out in the first event of the year, I'm just the fastest player on tour. Oh, I'm be, like, so my, ready for it. I'm ready. Yeah. yeah. Ready. Terry's now. Ready. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you you know how Terry feels about slow play in general. He's one of our most. Terry does not like slow players. No, he's one of our, our more vocal. Uh, he hates him personally. <laughs> yes, that's right. Yes, yes, yes I hate you. Uh, I I I will. I'll say it for the hundredth time. If you take twenty nine point nine 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 seconds on every throw, I'm not mad at you. I'm genuinely not. I if you that's thirty point zero 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 one, then I murder you. Yeah, exactly. You may like, never I find the body. Whatever the rule is, that's the that's where I'm a fan of of the timing. And currently, it's still thirty seconds, and so that's why I'm a big fan of of just as long as it's within the the allowed time. And we could have another debate, you know, whole another. It's not worth it, but. That that's just so everyone knows. I think a lot of people think I I do have like personal feelings. I don't. It's anyone, and there's a lot of other people too that are also slow. You might lead the charge or lag behind. I don't know how you want to look at it, but there's a lot of people that exceed thirty seconds. You're not the only one. And he's not. You're not even the worst case scenario these days. Uh oh. Uh, my my question is, how do you feel? Because I definitely feel like you know, there was one of the rounds of the Pro Tour Finals. I played really fast and i was mm. on coverage i think it was the third round is the first round of the finals or okay. the finals of the two rounds and i played really fast majority of my shots were within 10 seconds mm. and then i think i had one shot in the woods i took like 40 on and then you gave me a bunch of crap for it way to go but jerk like, it, dick. I feel like if that was, hole that 11 was like, hole 11 when i said that's paul mcbath <laughs> that's ricky wysocki you're not saying a thing uh, that's not no. uh, well. Let me let me just. I'll put this out here, and it's a fair question. Uh, it really is. Uh, first of all, just so everyone knows, sometimes if we're not with a card in its entirety, we get cut into shots. So anyone, I'll, Paul or you or Ricky or whomever, sometimes the when it gets shown on screen and it's in a replay. It may they may have trimmed off twenty seconds, or they may have come right to it. Like I don't always know for sure how long it's been if we're not watching you in real time as it is. So I just want to put that out there uh, first and foremost. Um, I, I, I'll give if I'll well, give anyone a hard time. However, when you're habitual with it, when you are regularly at or exceeding the time, there's already kind of a little X on your back. And I think Nico obviously fell into that category at the at the European Open a couple of years ago. Uh, Cupcake, who's also very infamous for it. Like, uh-huh. unfortunately, like if your reputation is that you're slow, even if the rest of that round was fast, the minute you're not, it just it, you, I know. you forget. But about you're that. right. Like, I will I will give anyone now if if. Anyone is slow, and they're slow one time, 
in 54 holes, I'm probably not ragging on them, even if it's you. I'm like, I'm not ragging on anyone for that. It's it's if you're habitually slow and I capture it or see it. Yeah, I, 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 I might say that as an example because I remember like, I remember I had like a routine where I was like, okay, two pumps, putt, mm-hmm. keypad, throw immediately, shot, throw immediately because I was at a, I wasn't playing that great. I like barely made this the next round of the Pro Tour Finals. I was like, I'm just gonna play really fast to see what Terry says. And, then, <laughs> and Terry know, let I, you die. Make sure you text me next time that I give. I'm giving you credit where credit is due. Uh, I'm gonna have the it, live stream on while I'm playing. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Just yes. listen. <laughs> You're multi-talented. I mean, there's like a 12 second delay, so you'll putt and then listen and be like, "What did you just say about me?" <laughs> yeah. There you go. You know. <laughs> exactly. Uh, well, clearly, uh, as you've got good spirits about it, clearly that's something you're well aware of. And, um, you know, I know you're always trying to improve. What I think is funny is sometimes when someone will say, uh, I think Cupcake has said to me a few weeks ago, yeah, I'm, I'm really improved. And then I filmed them the next day. I'm like, no, no, I don't. you really haven't. Like, we could have baked cupcakes in the time you finally threw that pot. So, uh, 10 cupcakes. <laughs> <laughs> That'll be the new line is like, how many cupcakes per round were there? So, uh, and I'm getting to the point where I'm trimming everybody in a lot of post production anyway. Like, whether he took 62 seconds or, or 12 seconds, like, I'll just make every single putt, you know, that 10 second mark or whatever it is. And I'll do that for everybody because nobody really wants to watch that no matter who you are. So at any rate, and enough enough of that silliness, um, 2024, uh, you know, you're young, you're, you're, uh, hungry for seemingly every event. And we see you at events and like defending a title or attempting to defend your title at the Memorial. I saw you signed up for, Las Vegas challenge. Like those are a couple of events. If we're just putting it out there that we're not going to see Paul or Ricky or an Eagle or a Simon at, right. Mm-hmm. Is that just young and youthful and ready to play as much as you can? Like how, how do you factor when you do stuff on top of the full-time regular tour stuff? I think it's like me and my friend group. Like we still just have fun playing disc golf. And so, if there's disc golf that weekend and we've already played those kind of courses, like we might as well play. And it's like okay. on the way. Memorial obviously is not on the way, but <laughs> um, we're going to, the goal is to, uh, you know, obviously go from Florida, drive up. Uh, our friend Silas Schultz lives in Baton Rouge mm-hmm. and you literally have to drive through Baton Rouge to get to the Waco, to get to Waco. And okay. so we're just going to park our cars in Baton Rouge, take a nice, you know, two and a half hour flight to Arizona stay at Ricky's house, get a rental car with me, Alden Isaac and Gavin and maybe Silas. And we'll get a rental car, stay at Ricky's house for free basically. And then just, uh, you know, take the rental car back, fly back out. And then we'll drive from Baton Rouge back to Waco. So it's, okay. it's, it's basically like a, adding like a five hour car ride round trip basically. So with all that being said, I, I just realized you have to stay friends with Gavin. Like he's the he's the only one that could rent a car out of your whole group. <laughs> like he, you well, need him. Actually, he's still we're we're still kind of toast because he's not twenty five. So he, oh, he's not he even twenty five. I thought he was the oldest, and I thought he was at least twenty five. He's not. No, he like oh. just turned twenty four. And then I <laughs> like here's something surprising. I, I still don't believe it, but Alden's somehow older than Isaac. Okay. 
Because I think Alden's like 12 years old half the time, and then Isaac's the most <laughs> mature person ever. So it's yeah. like... <laughs> they don't line up? Don't or, is that what you're saying? I, I just put that out there because it doesn't make any sense. Yeah, you know, you um, need a 25-year-old to rent a car. What, what's your plan? It's, well, it, well, <laughs> to get a cheap rental car. Uh, okay, so you might have to... Pay the insurance yeah, or something. Put down a $300 deposit. Worse. Yeah. Insurance is a lot worse apparently if you're not 25. So. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Durr. Yeah. Okay. Well, I, all right. Well, I, either way, I, I'm excited that you're going to be out there. That's an event I plan if there's someone in them. Arizona that would like to chauffeur that's 25 <laughs> years or older, reach out to Gannon and the crew. Uh, Are you filming, Terry? <laughs> Uh, that is the plan. I'm trying to work on a few details and get some sponsorship uh, to, to make sure that, you know, me and the whole crew. Uh, yeah. It pays off. You're 25, right, Ter? <laughs> yeah. You can rent a car for these yeah, boys. Yeah, you just drive us around. <laughs> <laughs> what was your new contract? Maybe you could pay me enough. I don't know. I mean, you're, you could stay at Ricky's too. Yeah. You're go, you're, I mean, you're there in any way. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. Just, uh, just I, I'm, re- I'm renting the van and driving all these guys around. Ah. Yeah, that uh, that's a whole other story. Anyway, uh, so you, it, what else? Uh, those two jumped out at me uh, as I was looking at some registrations. Is there anything else that well, you guys are? Vegas and Masters Cup is the same weekend as Vegas. Okay, well, we didn't think it was. I don't even know how that happened. I don't know how we missed that either. But uh, we're we're deciding between Masters Cup and Vegas. Obviously, okay. uh, Masters Cup would be super fun to play for sure. Um, just because it's such a legendary course, I've won there before, Alden. Mm-hmm. Almost won last year. Um, you, you're by the beach. It's just kind of a, it's kind of a good time. Where Las Vegas is like, I don't know, it's kind of bleh. It's just the desert. Well, and you you're know. you're also, yeah. Vegas is a little different for a 17 or 18 year old than it is. Well, for... we, yeah, we just like it's just we don't fit in there good. Like, yeah, my, sure. Who knows? So we'll we'll, fi- we'll figure it out. Well, okay. I mean, it depends on what courses we're playing. I'm not sure what courses we're going to play for Vegas. I'm not even sure how many rounds it is. I think I think it's going to be two courses and and I think it's going to be four rounds. They're going to keep with the uh, the four round schedule. That's uh, Mother's Day weekend. Um, and I know there's I some wish stuff in the works. I wish would post the payouts before, like early on. Mm-hmm. Uh, or yeah. at least like a, a general idea because that would make a big difference. Because like Memorial last year had an insane payout, mm-hmm. and that's like a big reason we're going because there's another A tier that I don't think is going to pay as well. Okay, so. One, it's Memorial's tons of fun. Ricky's there. Mm-hmm. It'll be just a good weekend, and the payout's really good. So, yeah, yeah. I wonder, like in, ge- I, I like the idea, but I'm wondering if that would obviously help some events, but then as well as hurt other events that maybe they don't necessarily want to. That's yeah, that's an that's interesting. True. That's true. But no, I mean, oh, yeah, right. and the fact that there's, you know, there could be some, le- you know, what happens when you post a projected payout. And then, dare I say, uh, last minute, you know, the the local realtor comes in and says, "Oh, I've got another five grand to add to the pay." I don't think anyone cares if you're upping it. I know, but that's what I'm saying is, yeah. you if you put it out there, and then maybe yeah. that keeps people mm. away or doesn't entice people, and then all of a sudden it ends up being way more. That's, yeah, that's that's not so much what I what I would care about. I would be the one, you know. Then I would rather see like the Vegas say, "Hey, potential or probable winners payout is." eighteen thousand dollars or whatever that number is um and then you know work from there or potential prize purse of one hundred and twelve thousand dollars so i i will say not that i'm a a paid uh advocate of theirs by any means but uh, i know vegas has been very very adamant in saying like we want the event to be 
as good or better than it's been any other year. Like we're not cutting any corners, even though we're not a national tour or a pro tour stop mm-hmm. or whatever. We're you know trying to make this as big, and it's their 25th anniversary. So I know that that is um, that's true uh, part of what's going into the excitement. So anyway, so uh, well, I was going to say we're talking about events. Your new sponsor, Discmania, uh, always a big uh, supporter or sponsor of the European Open. You plan on heading over to the European Open this year? Yep. My first big adventure. Um, yeah. Yeah. The first time you've been uh, over. Yeah. Because a bunch of your cohorts flew over there for yep. uh, Madrid, I believe it was. And then, and even maybe for European Open as well, some of they them. Did, but. Yeah. Yeah, they did. I, I can't. First of all, I can't believe Isaac and, or Isaac and Alden went to Spain. Like, I don't know why. <laughs> That's odd. Like worst- yeah. Alden hadn't missed cash the entire year. And then I don't even know how it's allowed, but they only paid out like 28% of the field. Mm-hmm. Like, that's kind of high, honest. actually, for an international event. 28%. Is like, that's even semi generous. Wait, oh, does, does it? Does it vary in like Europe? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, call a big germ. I think he wind himself into a payout in Thailand. A few. <laughs> oh, shit, I said that out loud. No, uh, a few years ago, big germ. Uh, they they ran an event. Um, one of the events in Thailand, and I I don't know if they had twelve or fifteen or twenty people. I don't know, but I think they literally were only going to pay out the top three spots. Germ, I believe, finished in fourth. And obviously, I think there was like probably even a cash streak and probably some ego, understandably, on the line of thinking you're not making cash at an international event. And uh, I believe there was a, a slight adjustment to the payout. But international disc golf standards are completely different. Like, I'll use myself no as idea. a silly example. I played in Estonia last uh, right after Worlds. I finished seventh out of like 30-some masters. I didn't get paid. Like, I very much should have been in the cash line by u.s standards um that's just the way it's always been payouts are the the structure is different usually the amount that they pay in can be different um but you're making money over there unless it's some really really big event isn't necessarily what you're doing when you're playing there uh, in a lot of european Mm. events it's Mm. just it's just it's structured very differently so That's Alden, as you were saying, though, uh, learned yeah. this the hard way. <laughs> yep, yep. He, he was him and Calvin were the only players the entire year to not miss cash, and then Alden just misses cash. Mm. Um, and uh, so we're gonna play uh, Crocol, which is the weekend before European mm-hmm. Open, then European Open, and then the Estonia tournament. That's the next weekend. So we'll be over there for three events. Do you feel more comfortable that all the other guys have been over there and that they can show you the way, or are you nervous? Yeah. Or are you nervous that they're going to screw with you and be like, no, no, <laughs> yeah, Gannon. Yeah. Like, th- oh, go down that alley. <laughs> that symbol is definitely the men's room like that. Or it's like, yeah, <laughs> say this to somebody. And then it's like <laughs> a cuss word and they beat me up. <laughs> <laughs> Suddenly you're part of a gang. Who knew? You know? Who knew? It happens, you know? Uh, speaking of your friendship and, you know, I know we touched on Alden just as we were uh, bringing you onto the show as well, but what were some of those conversations like for you and Alden and, and I don't know, maybe the business sense or the friendship sense of, Hey, let's, let's both be on this, you know, sponsored by the same company. Kind of talk about some of the things you thought about or discussed. I I pretty much told every company that I was talking to that if you get me, you're going to get Alden too. Okay. We're, a pack, okay. we're basically a package deal. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, well, we're going to tour together next year, so everyone's going to have their own car, except for I'm going to ride with Alden. So uh, <laughs> that'll be, we'll, we'll definitely have some fun memories there. Um, but yeah, or I even forgot the question. What was, uh, the question? what was like the idea between you and Alden? Were you guys thinking like, hey, yeah, let's make sure that we're we're for sure with the same company? Or I mean, what if he just got a way better offer from some other company and and it wasn't Discmania? Like, would would that have been awkward? I mean, I'll say like it was uh it was definitely like I was a little nervous there for a second that Discmania wasn't going to get Alden. Mm. Um, but, uh, obviously ended up working out. And so everyone's happy. Uh, and I, th- I think, I think it's, it's, I mean, it's going to pay off for every, all, all parties. Um, I mean, Alden, Alden brings a lot of value to a company. Uh, even, you know, so, so like, I mean, he gets like, I think he's like top five on, for views on YouTube per video. Mm-hmm. I think he averaged 50,000 views per video, which is like, that's better than some of the post-production crews that are most of like, them. Yeah. Most, except, I mean, what, except for Jomez is the only one that gets more, I think. And so, and we just do dumb videos. So it's like, mm-hmm. you know, uh, but yeah, so I mean, that's going to be so fun. And then we're also all going to be doing clinics throughout the season on the off weeks and stuff. Okay. And even on some of the on weeks uh, with the boys. So we're going to be vending, have, you know, it's gonna be it's gonna be a good media year for us. We have a lot of ideas. Um, like one idea I have is, you know, you sit down on a on a so just during a practice round, you sit down, you pick a hole, and as players come through, you have a little, you know, you've seen that guy maybe like the change my mind guy, and mm-hmm. you have like a little mm-hmm. prompt, and it's a it's like a, a a debate in disc golf. It could be like this is a good hole if it's like a controversial hole and then you'll have someone sit down a, pr- a player sit down with you and then you, you can get kind of the player's thoughts on, on stuff like that and so i think you know with the clinics that uh alden's youtube my youtube is going to be I, I improved a lot i got a new phone and a, a better camera on the phone mm-hmm. and you know I'll, I'll be with silas a good amount and he's a really good editor obviously alden is too and so i want to increase my youtube so i mean I, th- I think we're just gonna have a good a good media year which is which is the sure. goal yeah, no, I uh, clearly I think uh you know to echo that we we know that y- you could be a great golfer uh and then whether you, well you always want to be increasing that social media presence. So even if you're not a great golfer, you want to have a good social media presence and even when you are a good golfer, having it is just icing on on top of the cake and uh that's pretty exciting to see because like you said Alden and Silas two of our more creative, more creative, younger content creators. And then obviously you're going to be in on part of that um, as well and developing your own channel. So I like it. What uh, side note, do you have your license? Are you going to get it? What's going on? (laughs) So so Alden, Alden's just, he's full-time driver. Yeah. That's part of the strategies. I don't get a license (laughs) because I don't want to drive. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) I mean, I mean, you could sugarcoat it or maybe disguise this strategy a little, or, or I guess you could share it with everyone. Yeah. You're just, Uh, well, I'll get a license, license, but it's, it's kind of just been like, I just like, we've just been busy. Haven't been thinking about it. Like, like I was, I mean, it was just like, we weren't thinking about it too much. I went to Florida for like three weeks. Just, I just came back. Uh Um, and then we got back here, and now we just hit negative forty-one mm-hmm. with 
we have like two or three feet of snow consistent everywhere. Um, some spots are like four feet deep. And then I have an eight foot pile outside of my house mm-hmm. and my driveway. Like, it's just like, there's, there's like not good driving. I mean, the streets are just ice. Every single yeah, street terrible. is like this thick of ice. Yep. Um, and so, yeah. And then, I mean, well, like last time we checked, like all the, there, like when I was, uh, supposed to be like doing like driver's ed, I was like, all the appointments were full. And so I like, couldn't even do that. And so, all I have to do to get my license is just take a driver's test. Okay. Um, I'm not sure what exactly, like a, like an actual, like I'm driving the car. It's not just like a written <laughs> test or anything. Because I passed the written test, so we're good there. Okay, so uh, you've passed the written test, and then you've you've uh, got all your hours of practice driving in, or no? Have you? Have you? I don't, I don't think you have to do that. I think after I you're think 18, only, you don't have to do that. Oh, after you're 18. Yeah. Yeah. yeah oh, wow. Because most people don't wait. That's yeah. crazy. Yeah, okay, I think- and I say all this because my daughter's fifteen, and she currently is driving at pretty much every opportunity, except for the last week when we had the same snowstorm you're talking about here in Wisconsin. Uh, and so we've backed off, and and we're easing into that. But yeah, she's got to get 40, 40 daytime hours, and then I think ten nighttime hours of driving in. Um, all yeah, but I, like I said, I think once you turn eighteen, all that goes out the window, and wow. you can literally just take the test and 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 get that. Okay. So. All right, who's going to who's going to be like your closest thing to your instructor? Would would that will that be Alden that is technically kind of like a trainer slash instructor? I mean, you're spending the most time with him on the road. And be honest, will you drive at all over this over the summer? No, not you. Like you won't oh. get. No, you won't <laughs> get behind the wheel. And be like, I'm just gonna. We're I, just gonna run to the gas station quick, and I, I'll I'll drive. No. I, I'm not sure if the eight, I think you have to be. Like, I think it's 25 again or something like that. That if I don't, like I can drive. I just have to be with someone over 25. Oh, uh, okay. Huh. If you don't, okay. Hmm. Yeah, and then it's gonna be different in every state you're in because well, the yeah, the t- I'll probably yeah. get arrested and won't play disc golf <laughs> ever again. <laughs> all right, all right. Well, that was that was a good run. <laughs> yeah, we, we Sorry, Discmania. I mean, think of the vlogs you could do from jail, though. I mean, yeah. Like, guys, oh. I just stuck my iPhone in here. I'm posting this from my jail cell. I'll be on two years. I mean, let's, let's, besides that, like, if you were in jail, wouldn't it be great if we could, like, get you as, like, a guest commentator? For like live broadcast, oh that as well. Like, no right. internet. They're just a bunch of brick stone walls. I don't. Yeah, I don't think that works. And, uh, I don't. I don't know. I'm just trying well. to think of uh, options for you. All right, let let's let's go silly just for a second and say if let's go silly yeah. like we were somewhere <laughs> not silly. Yeah, yeah that, no, we were being normal. Yeah, yeah this that. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm uh, talking I mean, about it, him doing commentary well, from jail. That's normal. Uh, if well, disc golf fell off the face of the earth tomorrow and you had to get another job, what would be your dream job? Wow, so silly. I don't know. Uh, It'd be another sports job. I think, I think, I think basketball is like my favorite. You know, whenever you hit that game-winning shot and you're in an arena, stuff like that. Like, I mean, I think I think I could have gone somewhere in basketball if I mm-hmm. like fully committed to it. Um, and I think I might have if I didn't have disc golf. Um, okay, I've always been a pretty decent like shooter in basketball, and obviously I'm tall. Uh, but I I think I would if I took basketball serious, I would have trained like put a lot of weight on and and like got that done because i think like 
I feel, I feel like even now I like n know what to do, but I just don't know how to do certain moves <laughs> playing basketball. Uh -huh. we, we played a bunch of basketball in, uh, in Florida and I need to work on a couple things. I was hitting some, I was hitting some good threes, but that's pretty much it. Okay. Mm -hmm. Uh, Speaking of off off season activities and such, again, you know, I talked about the trolling earlier and just all the chaos and 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 the fun and the excitement for a lot of fans. What do you make of the off season? Like, was there any genuine surprises, or or you're sitting there thinking, man, that I'll, I'll be interested to see how blank turns out. Uh, has there been anything that's kind of been shocking or surprising to you? Um. I don't, I don't really think so. I, I think like going into the season, you always look at the, the people that did really good the year before or did really bad the year before that should have done good. And like, it's just interesting to see like where they where they're going to, you know, start out the season. Like will Calvin start out the season as hot as he finished or, oh. or his entire last season? Like, it'd be like, you know, like what if Calvin got 30th his first term of the year? Like that'd be super weird. Or <laughs> Isaac, he's, Isaac's definitely missing the cash the first round of the year. There's no, there's no chance he does. <laughs> Hot take. Hot take. Uh, Isaac. He always, he always misses cash the first four events, and then he'll go in four minutes. Well, but uh, – and to be fair, if we're going to timestamp this correctly, Isaac just won like 48 hours ago at like a local B or C tier? Yeah, Savannah Open. A tier? Ezra's really good. Okay. My hot take – it's not that hot of a take, but I think Ezra's going to win a pro tour this year. Okay, I don't think that's yeah that that hey, crazy. No, based on what we saw at the Pro Tour finale, the way he was putting, yeah. if he can it, just no, no, it was ridiculous. Yeah, yeah, like and obviously we saw that guy hitting putts from everywhere inside of sixty feet and maybe even outside. Like it was it was crazy. If he can just bottle that up again, there's no reason why he wouldn't win a Pro Tour event. And he's like the best. I like it's actually insane how like. In my mind, Ezra and Isaac are both two top five backhand players in the world. I put Calvin up there with them, and then, gosh, I don't even know who else. Like, those are my three. When I think of backhand players that are just so far above everyone else, like I put those three. I mean, people don't understand how like Ezra is deadly accurate. It's, you, you put Ezra like two hundred feet away, and he's always getting up and down. He has this like little spinny like. I don't know how he does it. He's just like the strongest guy ever. Apparently, uh, <laughs> it just looks like he's like jump putting, and it goes like two hundred feet. Yeah. he's like the he's like the best ever at it. And then obviously you have Isaac, which is like weirdest form ever, but mechanically <laughs> it's just set up for success because if it's like no movement in the in the pull through, it's just like the straightest, cleanest pull through ever. It's like I'm uh, I'm I'm hoping to get there, but I think my seven foot wingspan is cursing me. It does. Trust me. From I'm 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 just my wingspan is like six foot eight, and it was never fun. Like yeah. it just, I legit just feel like I don't have control. Like I feel like my arms are so far from my body. Mm -hmm. I used to literally. I, people used to joke, or I, I would joke that my putting was so bad because I would putt over the top of the baskets, and I just burn past them because I was. And I'm like, it's not fun. Well, it was fun, but like Terry here, who's putting up at every basket <laughs> and me, who I'm like, just, I'm throwing, I used to throw them over the basket and I'm just like, cool. What am I going to do? Get on my knees for every putt. And I then eventually, like, gravity down, do the work. I know. And then eventually you learn how to putt. So <laughs> I just like aim at the band and go, my, I mean, my, if you watch my putt from the side, it like, it like flies, like, like I, it's on its <laughs> nose down and then it'll like come up 
it'll hit its peak like the wind's just beating it down <laughs> and like it'll hit its peak and it'll just go it'll just like sink like a rocket mm. it'll just go like here sink and so maybe that's why because i'm so tall i'm like can't put over so just super nose down just dive into the basket yeah I'm- is there anything in particular that you'd really like to improve i know you're throwing new plastic and such but is there anything in particular that's like yes i need to get this perfected uh before the start of the season there's like Uh, three things i want consistent backhand like i want to i want my backhand to feel good that was my issue last year is i my backhand only felt good like maybe five tournaments um the other tournaments just like it felt like it wasn't even me and i'd shank everywhere uh and, you know, I did put on, like, 25 pounds last off season, so that, that could have been something. Um, but, uh, yeah, definitely, like, fix my backhand so it's consistent every weekend. Uh, backhand touch is very important. And I've I've had, like, a couple, like, oh, like, aha moments, but then it, kind of, it like, leaves the next day. It's really mm. weird. Um, and then I want to... I want to have a, a very usable all-around forehand. Now I have a I have a very if you if you just like saw me play when I threw forehands you'd be like oh Gannon's a pretty good forehand player but I don't have that like big germ you know flippy disc flat get to glide left instead of just like mm. flip too much or lose the angle control you have like Sullivan Tipton Micah Groff like they're all just like they throw these like straight fairway drivers and can just like like they're confident hitting gaps late flip with a mid-range on a on a forehand and like i don't have that i'm more of just like i think my forehand's like one of the best in the world for scrambling because i have anheuser overstable discs and so i just lean out really far with my long limbs i mean my, my forehand's pretty simple i just i just set my disc on the angle i want and then i just chop it whatever angle i have and so it's really easy to scramble um i think i've been top three scrambling two years in a row now so <laughs> uh that's help for sure but i want i want to overall get my forehand to where uh it's it's very usable on if i need a straight fairway driver shot well i think you're describing that you're it's more of an aggressive power forehand and not so much a finesse yeah. touchy forehand. And i don't even throw that far forehand like i don't sure. I like I have a big forehand but it's just like i mean that could be because i throw super overstable for consistency reasons but the reason i throw overstable is because i'm not like too confident like I was confident I could flip stuff up and play with the glide, but I mm-hmm. think I should talk with Thomas Hilbert about this on his YouTube channel about you know keeping your OB rate really low. And me and Chris Clemens went on for his YouTube channel, and I just talk about like I will sacrifice fifty to seventy-five feet of distance to stay in bounds, and so that's me with my my forehand. Like mm-hmm. I can so easily get a forehand to a lot of baskets, but in tournaments. I'm like, you got to throw really overstable. That way, you know it's always going to go one direction. So um, if I can get to a point where I'm confident with a little bit of a flip up to get that glide, um, I think that could increase my forehand. Okay. Well, there's, uh, w- when do you feel like most of that work? Because like you just said, Midwest completely blanketed, not only in just like feet of snow, but literally 40 below with wind chill these last couple of days or moving into the next day or two. Mm-hmm. We've just had this nasty cold spell coming through. Where and when will uh, more of the actual uh, field work, so to speak, get get worked out and get started for you? Just like, yeah, like a week before All-Stars maybe. Okay. Uh, my, my dad lives in Florida about an hour and a half south of the All-Stars. Mm-hmm. And so I'll probably, probably go down there 
test out some discs. I mean, it's. I think it's gonna be kind of funny. I think I'll have more discs in my bag than I want to have, but I think I think I'll I'll still use like only like ten of them. Uh, I think I'll probably just grab like I'll probably have like a neutral driver and I'll probably throw on every single shot, even though I need something like <laughs> overstable, just because I'm like confident with one disc. That's usually what happens. And then the other discs are kind of utility discs, but um, yeah, if I can get if I can get my bag figured out, uh, which I feel like I, I already have a good uh, I've kind of been going back and forth. I mean, just even just feeling a disc, I, I can kind of see how it's going to fly and mm. if it has the right stiffness I want or the right shape of the dome and stuff like that. And so um, it made it easy to like kind of be like, hey, these discs I'm for sure won't use, and then I'll have the, I'll get a pile of the stuff I will use, and then I'll be like, you know, maybe. I usually like set up my discs in like five stacks, like over super overstable, overstable, straight, understable, super understable. And the stacks will have like 10 discs and I'll just pick out a couple of my favorites from each stack and then those will fill the slots. And so that's kind of how I've been building my bag so far. So your bag, let's talk about the discs just real quick. Do you plan on throwing all or is, is there a requirement all new Discmania discs? Are you going to go back to some of the older molded Discmania discs? I think I saw a list of uh, of discs somewhere, maybe on Instagram, or or you you were going to do. A, I think maybe you did a video even, and it was in the comment or it was in the video comments. Uh, w- what is your bag going to look like as far as like new versus old Discmania? Yeah, I'm I'm gonna I'll, so I'm allowed to throw whatever I want, any Discmania disc, um, obviously. I want to lean toward the new stuff. Uh, you know, I want to promote it. I want to prove that it's good. Uh, you know, Kyle last year won Waco with 100% Discmania made stuff. And so it's clearly good enough to win. But then I also have that side of me that I'm a, I like to throw like rare runs for some reason. It's just kind of, it's just kind of fun. I mean, so uh, I'll, I'll have, I'll definitely have a mix of, of both to start out for sure. Uh, I'm probably 50, 50 right now. Um, Right now, I've been liking the Discmania made uh, putters and mid ranges a lot, and then uh, and even about half of the fairways. And then drivers are uh, I throw some of the old ones. Okay, okay, yeah. Uh, I asked Eagle the same question. What What was the dumbest, craziest, silliest, uh, out of whack, whatever? comment or question or yeah comment probably or assumption or guess that you saw within this whole you know negotiation and whatnot what was what were some of the things that stuck out to you or you even you maybe just shook your head or rolled your eyes at i mean just so many dumb things it's like <laughs> one was like it doesn't even it's, it's stupid because it doesn't, it doesn't make any sense it's just like Gans going to Latitude and his mom's going to Lone Star. It's like, <laughs> sure. why is my mom in this? It's like, we're <laughs> no talking sense. about my mom. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, there, there was a bunch. There was a, there was, there was, there was a one comment on the announcement post of like, hey, I'm on Team Dismania. Some guy commented, "Would be crazy if it's true." Like it was like a. <laughs> Like what? I'm like so confused. Well, if you troll long enough, sometimes they may not believe you, and that might have yeah, been one of those I cases. <laughs> I, I I wish I like remembered all the crazy stuff that was like because I mean me and me and Alden all the time we'll screenshot it, text it to each other, send uh-huh. it to the chat, and we'll be like, "There's no way someone just said this. Like they can't be that dumb or something." I don't know. <laughs> you know, okay. maybe they just didn't read it, but that's that's kind of how we we look at that. Yeah, I I would just assume, and of course. Sometimes in the, I'm in the know. Sometimes I'm not. 
But when I read some of the other stuff that people put together and they don't preface it with like tinfoil hat theory and then they go on and say, you know, this is crazy, but they just put it out there and and just the the sheer um I'll say cockiness of or or certainty of some of these people that are yeah. like, here's what's happening um, and I'm I look at it, I'm like, What planet it's, it's are fun you to on? See. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's it's kind of fun to see the people that are like super right about it too. Like sure. maybe it's just their like assumption, but like like uh obviously being a player, I know a lot more than the common folk. But like um there there was like one comment where I was like, oh my gosh, he literally used five different like people or examples, and he got every single thing right. And people were calling him crazy, but they were mm-hmm. right. Okay, um, so. It's, it's like it's kind of fun to see like the people that actually do get it right. It's kind of mm. it's kind of interesting. Very few. It's a pro disc golfers burner account. Yeah, it's just someone. <laughs> yeah. So no, never mind. How, how much? <laughs> it's McBeth's burner uh, account. How, how, one of my final questions would be is like on a scale of one to ten, how much do you are you in the know? And I know you know more than you know the average just fan, but let's ju- let's just say there were. 50 moves this this offseason that's probably too many but let's just say there were 50 if there were 50 how many would you say you know about what would be the percentage of the number that you feel like you pretty much knew about it before it happened i 45 okay you're like in the know and i'm I'm in the know there's like very few i don't know okay i i usually i usually find out pretty early on i'm i'm not really sure how but um you know you, you know you definitely you definitely find out early on yeah players talk it gets, yeah it gets around i mean i, I yeah I, I agree with that and players I, I th- talk and then you say hey don't tell anyone and then that dumb person tells someone and then it keeps going and going yeah. and going and and you punch all your friends in the face yeah mo- <laughs> most of, I, I truly feel most of the leaks are probably you could probably track back to the player yeah like i, yeah. I, I would agree i would agree because, I mean, people tell me not to say stuff, and then I'll say it. I just can't help myself. It's like... <laughs> All right, so you're part of the problem. Yeah, I'm, I'm the problem. People okay. don't tell me. Uh, <laughs> I, 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 feel like, I, I feel like I personally did a really good job. It's more about me leaking other people's information. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> I was good with mine. Everybody else, though, loose lips. Yeah. <laughs> Let me tell you. Just a big old megaphone for everybody. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so I think I saw. On, we'll we'll let you get going here in a second. I think I saw on social media you just finished up the Avengers Tower. Is that right? What is your yeah. next? What's your next big Lego? Uh, build. Keep in mind all the time you don't have to get your license. But go on, tell us about your yeah. Lego build. You can I stay inside I, for Legos. You're not. You're not Legoing outdoors. I think. I think I need the Eiffel Tower. It's like ten thousand pieces. Mm-hmm. Um. Oh gosh, I don't even know what. I mean, there's a there's a there's a lot left that I could probably get, but I think Eiffel Tower was one of. I like the uh, I like the realistic builds. So like Titanic was cool. Mm. Um, the Lego Tower is cool, or the, sorry, the the Avengers Tower is cool because it's like, uh, it's you know it's in the movies or whatever, and it's kind of cool because stuff like that too, or like Star Wars, like the Millennium Falcon, like it. If you know, if you're more in depth in the movies and stuff, it it like has all these little tiny like one piece references and like you build the rooms that like the scenes are in the movie and stuff like that. And so it's really cool. Um, and then obviously like, the Titanic was just like, 
massive. It was like almost 10,000 pieces and you built all the, the little rooms. Well, that's out. what it ended up in. <laughs> yeah, I was just going to yeah. say. <laughs> Too soon? I mean, I, I will, Alden will, I don't think one of my big Legos is going to survive. Something's going to, Alden's going to do something to one of them. Oh. But you, you, you're, you're not bringing them on the road with you. No, I'm going to, I'm going to go to a Lego store, accidentally buy like way too much money in Legos <laughs> one weekend on tour, build them, and then he's going to smash it for a video. I guarantee. Mm. Have you ever, th- I mean, there's got to be, obviously you're, you're building Lego sets. I would assume, and I, in fact, I, I think I know there are, there are websites you can go to that have like custom Lego builds. Have you ever thought about doing that? Like, I, no, I, wanna... I never thought about that. Yeah, like if you if you, if you run out of like oh the Avengers Tower, I'm sure you could go online and and look up you know hey I, I want the I want the White House even though I think there is already a White House one but and then they give you all the pieces that you need you could probably order them online and put them together mm. I, I know there's custom builds online because my son for a while was really into it and we were kind of exploring nice. that for a little bit so I will say my bank account is in big trouble because they're building a Lego store right next to my house. Mm. I think they knew something. Yeah. <laughs> uh, maybe I let. Just, I might. I might just have some equity stake in the company after like next year. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, I like. Yeah, it. maybe, like maybe, it. maybe, maybe let mom run the purse strings. Yeah, there you <laughs> <It's> go. Like, <laughs> okay. okay. <laughs> Probably the smart move. Uh, all right, Gannon. You know, and I, I know I posted a video. It was. It's funny to think of some of the first times I saw you interacted and interacted with you. You know, a few years ago at Junior Worlds, and uh, it's been incredible to watch this journey you've been on. Uh, obviously. Uh, watching you take down the major at USDGC, a moment you'll never forget. But even me as a, as a fan and as a media personality, being able to take this all in has been incredible. And uh, we, we certainly love watching this. And to know that you're just 18 and have so much more growth and opportunity in the game has been incredible. And we wish you nothing but the best. Before we let you go, any any final words or parting shots you'd like to share with the world out there? Reinvent your game. What a sellout. Everyone, that's Gannon Burr. We love it. He's repping the brand, repping the shield, Shield. repping the shield, wants you to reinvent your game. Uh, We're so excited. You and your good buddy, Alden, as we've talked about quite a bit here tonight, everyone that is freshly sponsored, Gannon Burr. We'll be looking forward to the new Gannon disc when it comes out. We'll be checking on it. I'm sure he'll be posting everywhere from Dismania. You, you guys will not want to miss it. It's gonna be I, it's gonna be special. Love it. All right, everyone. Gannon Burr from Dismania signing out. Thanks for joining us tonight, pal. We'll good, see you soon. Good luck in Iowa. Thank you. Thank <laughs> you. Oh, Gannon. Do you think he caucused? Uh <laughs> he was he was probably there. Yeah, he was he, probably there. When, when I mean, he, he's he's old enough now. He is. He so I'm go, sure he was over. Taking it all in. Taking taking all the politics in. That's what I would do. Yeah. No, I wouldn't. All right. Holy cow, what a night. Someone asked, is this the most guests we've ever had? No. The answer to that is certainly no, but overall average rating, yes. Uh when you when you Maybe, yeah. when you compile those three ratings and then take an average. Uh Dutch is a little over a thousand, and then you're talking about Eagle along with Gannon. Yeah, we not too shabby tonight for certain. For sure. Not too shabby at all. All right. I say we close out what I, I consider that a full regular show. Oh, God. Let, and let's, then some. Let's close that out uh, in an official capacity. Then we'll come back and 
maybe our after show will feel a little bit more like uh, parts of our normal show. We'll talk about all, a little of the other news and uh, break that down in the after show and then talk about whatever, and we'll go from there. But I, I think for a regular show, I think that's enough. I'm going to already separate probably all three of those interviews and put them out separately as well uh, for anyone that wants to take them in later on our channel in a, or if you missed one or whatever. All right. What a night. Holy cow. Thank you to all three of our incredible guests. Uh, so awesome to see the growth and the development of the game, to see these new contracts and these opportunities that all of these players are having. Uh, extra special, that Dutch uh, old, old school Spashy as well to join us and uh, to make his announcement exclusive to hear, uh, to all of us here on Smashbox and to get the insights and um, so much more additional helpful information out of both Gannon and Eagle was incredible. So we can't thank you guys enough. And I think the fans all feel that way as well. Even Brian Schweberger, who's out on the board, collect, polishing off his latest trophy. So for Gannon, along with Dutch, along with Eagle McMahon, congratulations to all three of you gentlemen. Oh, we wish you the best of luck. Looking forward to more of you in 2024. For Johnny V, I'm Terry Miller, the Disc Golf Guy. That has been our regular show in Smashbox podcast episode 49. We'll have some fun in the after show. We'll see you there when you step inside the Smashbox. Thank you to our $2 and above patrons. Your name is listed below in the credits. If you are interested in being listed as a producer in the Smashbox TV credits and supporting this and other fine podcasts, please visit patreon.com slash smashboxtv.